What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. World War III. Oh, man, I love to say it. Yeah, I don't know if it'll actually happen. It may already be happening. It may be that in 50 years they look back and say that the Ukrainian invasion was the start, or should I say the Russian invasion of Ukraine was the start of World War III. But we got some crazy news been circulating for a couple days. BRICS, that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and many other nations, 41 uh, countries are seeking to join BRICS. BRICS announced, and they've confirmed, a gold-backed currency to be used internationally. It's going to uh, compete with the U.S., and I, I think it's likely the petrodollar uh, goes away. I don't know for sure. I can't see the future. But if that happens, my friends, those of you listening in America, your standard of living will drop precipitously. Yeah, you'll notice it. It's going to get really bad. Why? Because the U.S. for too long has tried relying on military might to maintain its economy. And this is what I think Donald Trump was worried about. And this is what's going to come and bite us in the ass. So we'll talk about that. Plus, we got a, we got a bunch of other cultural news. We'll talk about a bunch of different stories. Um, I, I'll save them for, for later, actually, so we can get through the intro without getting in trouble on, on this channel. But I just, uh, uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. And then we'll talk about what's going on with Ukraine, potentially joining NATO. They had a meeting. They said, okay, maybe we'll let you join if that happens. That is a direct declaration of war with Russia. So, you know, yeah. It seems like World War III may be a real possibility. As for the other stories, they're a bit cultural and they're related to gender issues, so we'll just save, save them for later on in the episode uh, so we don't get in trouble. But before we do, my friends, head over to castbrew.com and purchase some of our coffee. You can get the Rise with Roberto Jr. Breakfast Blend, the Appalachian Nights. We also have Colombian and French Roast. This is uh, the best coffee I've ever had. Uh, we formulated it, so obviously we think highly of it, but I really do think you guys will love it. It comes in ground or whole bean, your choice. And you can join the Cast Brew Coffee Club. This is our company. We sponsor ourselves. And with your support and your drinking of our coffee, you will help us continue to do the work that we do. Also, don't forget to go to TimCast.com. Click join us. Become a member to support our work directly. And we're going to have a members only uncensored show coming up for you tonight at around 10 p.m. Where you can actually submit questions and call in. If you've been a member for at least six months or... You sign up today at the $25 per month level. You can actually submit questions and potentially be one of our callers that we have on the members only show. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this and a whole lot more is Haley Cunnington. Thank you for having me, Tim. I appreciate it. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Haley Cunnington and I'm a journalist. I was research director and story editor for The Plot Against the President and Daily Wire's What is a Woman, and I'm the news editor for Wrong Speak Public Publishing. Right on. Well, thanks for hanging out. We also have the Irishman who lives under my house and steals my spoons. That's, you sound insane. <laughs> like you, Do you hear yourself when you say things like that? Confess, Seamus. You, an Confess. Irishman lives under your house and steals your <laughs> spoons? Confess, Seamus. This is this is the man you're, go to you're church. coming to for news. You're gonna go to church. Tim's on his mind. <laughs> you're gonna have He's to insane. Con confess, confess to what? Your delusions? <laughs> Tim, 
I'm worried about you. <laughs> I'm worried about you. My name is Seamus Coglin. I have a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. We just released a cartoon today on lefties and the way they project. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. We have a membership portal at freedomtunes.com where we release cartoons that are a bit too spicy for YouTube. There's one every week there. So if you become a member, you'll be able to check those out. Thank you very much. Head over to freedomtunes.com and uh, become a member. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And if you get some kind of care package when you become a member, mm. let me know if it contains any spoons. What, uh, Tim, <laughs> if you think that I'm planning to steal your spoons and send them to people as incentive <laughs> to support my animation business, I don't even know how to respond. I don't even know how to, That is such a ridiculous accusation. It's such a ridiculous people accusation. Are, people are, gonna, are legit going to think that they're going to get a spoon from you now. <laughs> that's I, I mean, if people subscribe expecting a spoon, I'm just saying that's not my problem or my fault. I think you, you should add one anyway. This Well, this man literally just said on air that people are going to get spoons if they subscribe to me. I never I said that. that. I don't have, I'm not I'm giving you guys out, spoons. I'm trying to figure out what he's doing with them. I, <laughs> nothing, because I didn't take them, and you sound insane. <laughs> Hi, I'm Phil Lebon, <laughs> lead singer of All That Remains, anti-communist and counter-revolutionary, and uh, I have no information about the spoons here at the at the castle, so uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Hey, what's going on, Serge? Uh, I'm Serge.com, and uh, I'm ready to start when you guys are. Let's do it. We got this story from MSN.com. BRICS gold-backed common currency, a shock to global fiat money system, says economist, as Russia confirms launch in August. Oh, boy! Is this one esoteric? I'm sure many of you at home are like, yo, I don't even know why I clicked the link to this video because I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sure many of you who are in the know saw the headline and went, holy crap. And I'm sure most of you who are really in the know said, Tim, we already knew this. But bear with me. This is big news. BRICS is the principal rival to basically NATO and the Western powers. The world operates on the U.S. dollar as its reserve currency. You want to buy oil, you use U.S. dollars. With BRICS launching this currency backed by gold, they're basically giving a massive middle finger to the U.S. and telling all the countries in the world, our money actually means something, theirs does not. Further, we've already seen countries like Saudi Arabia trying to do deals with China, or actually doing them, to trade oil in yuan. This means we are inching ever closer to the U.S. no longer having the reserve currency. And you know what that means? That means all of you at home, you're going to see your standard of living drop dramatically. And therein lies the double double edged sword when it comes to international politics. The United States does not export enough. We export culture, movies, music. Sure. But other countries can do that. Other countries can export a lot of stuff. So what do we really provide? To be honest, military might. When we want oil, we print the dollars. We buy the oil. When any other country wants oil, they need to buy dollars from us from us first. With this deal from BRICS that basically shuts down our international Ponzi scheme, or whatever you want to call it, and then uh, all of a sudden we have nothing to trade. What will the U.S. trade for BRICS currency? That's the big question. What are we manufacturing? What are we exporting that BRICS would want so that they would give us gold-backed currency that we could use to buy oil with? Yeah. So here's my, here's, here, here's my, here's my fear and a lot of other people's fears. The reason why the deep state, the bureaucratic state, the, uh, the neolibs, the neocons want war is to make sure we don't lose this status. So the likelihood that we enter into a dramatically escalated conflict is ever, ever so increasing to the point where, let me tell you how desperate the machine has become. Earlier, last year or so, I think it was last year, when Russia started using, was accused of using cluster bombs. 
The U.S., the Western forces claimed that was potentially a war crime. Now the, the West has become so desperate that Joe Biden has approved the sending of cluster bombs to Ukrainian forces, something that they had previously said, said could be a war crime. This is what I'm talking about. The people saying, oh, you can't do that because that's evil and wrong. And then a year later being like, if we lose this, we're done for. So just do it anyway. How far off are we from someone saying, yeah, well, nukes are no longer off the table? Yeah, I don't know. It's a very frightening situation. All I really have to say about it is this, to uh, quote the venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen, if a nation would behave more justly, if it were conquered, it should expect to be conquered. In the United States has not been a nation which operated in a moral way domestically or on the international stage in a very long time. I've seen some of that turning around. I think the overturn of Roe v. Of Roe v. Wade and the fact that we've saved tens of thousands of children has been incredible. I think there's been massive backlash against the LGBTQ agenda. More young people are waking up and seeing the farce of the sexual revolution. But ultimately, this country has a lot of problems. And uh, I hope that we can pull through them. I hope that the United States can be a strong, dominant nation that behaves morally. But that's not the track we've placed ourselves on over the past 50 or 60 years. So... I uh, I hope for good things, but I don't know that I necessarily expect them. I mean, considering the 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 fact that the the BRICS currency is it's already in motion, it's not something that's being talked about anymore. Um, it, it feels like the writing's on the wall that the you know the petrodollar is the time is is limited, mm -hmm. and I mean people need to plan accordingly. You know, if 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 we're in as much debt as we are to China and to to other countries and stuff and our national debts like it is and we lose the value the the status as the reserve currency of the world interest rates are going to keep going up and yep. the buying power of your dollar is going to keep going down and so and it's going to have a massive effect on the average person so it it, it unfortunately these things are sl it's slow moving so a lot of people have kind of you know shut the idea of of a currency crisis out because it has been something that they've you've heard people talking about it since like 2008 you know like since the the uh the financial crisis people have been talking about oh if you keep printing money then there'll be inflation etc and we're in debt and and i feel like the average person has kind of be kind of just gone numb to that and mm -hmm. if people are numb to it and they haven't been preparing for it or they don't it's going to come back and bite them in the ass and as usual the the poor people in the U.S. Yep. and people on the margins, you know, people that are just making it are going to fall into poverty and people if, that are already yeah. poor. They're, you know, they're going to be screwed. Well, and, and to be clear, the, the, the point I want to make here is that I hope that doesn't happen. Right. Again, I hope the United States is able to maintain our status as world reserve currency and we turn a corner and start behaving more morally with respect to our conduct, both in, on the foreign stage and, and domestically. And and there's actually some precedent to think that that might happen just based on the last year or two and the way some things have improved in some areas. But yeah, I mean, this if we lose world reserve currency status, if this country continues to spend and print money in unsustainable ways and also get involved in conflicts we have no business being involved in, um, I think it's probably fair to say that we're not going to be able to sustain that. Uh, and just like any nation that starts fooling around because they become powerful and hubristic, we're going to end up seeing our own collapse. But what if... The Democratic nominee for president in the debate says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to invade Ukraine. We're going to, uh, in order to fight the Russian, like I shouldn't say invade Ukraine, but we're going to send boots on the ground in Ukraine, boots on the ground in Syria. We're going to build a corridor 
through Syria, Turkey, into, the, into Europe to offset the Russian gas monopoly. And we are going to do these things specifically to destroy the economies of the BRICS nations to prevent them from subverting the world reserve currency. What if they just flat out came out and said, this is what we're doing and why we're doing it? Because our economy is propped up by the fact that we print money and we don't export. Mm-hmm. And we, the only thing we can do is point guns at the rest of the world and tell them that they must serve us. And all of your computers and all of your components, the materials in there are mined by children who are working as slaves. You can have that or you can live in squalor. Make your pick. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What do you do? Oh, the average person would, would decide to... They'd vote for... They, I think yeah. they'd vote for the machine in two seconds Absolutely. and they make an excuse. Well, I, I think... Well... The machine makes excuses for itself, right? right? So I think the way it's going to be advertised to the American people is there's some human rights atrocity or violation that's occurring in these countries. So now we have to go step in and intervene. That's what they're doing now. But I think the issue is when they were like cluster bombs are a potential war crime. And then Joe Biden's like, well, might as well send cluster bombs. It's like, OK, that's not going to work. You're not going to be able to go and say, look, a war crime is happening. And then we're going to go ahead and do the same thing. That propaganda it's not going to work. Regular people might just lie to themselves to justify why we should be in war, but... Yeah, what do you think? I don't know. Yeah. The whole thing is scary to me. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's not a good option either way as far as what you just said. I don't... I mean... I don't know. It's all doom and gloom, you know? I mean, in in, in reference to what you said about, Tim, about uh, cluster bombs and stuff, I mean, the Vietnam War started in 1954, I think is when... And the French were kind of doing most of the the combat role there and, and doing most of the fighting. And the U.S. didn't actually really get involved until 64. Mm-hmm. And then it was a whole another 10 years. It's completely reasonable to say that, you know, we're a year and change in on the, on the, the war in Ukraine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff that we said we weren't going to send, all of these things that, that the, gov- the government said they weren't going to be doing, they keep coming and coming back and saying, okay, well, you know, now we're going to. So there's there's no actual line that the U.S. won't cross, or at least that we, that we as a population can reliably say, okay, we believe the government won't do this. The government has demonstrated over and over that they'll say one thing, and as soon as it, you know, it comes time to be what they deem a necessity, you know, they say we need to, we need to go ahead and do this for this reason. It's completely expected or or should be expected that if the u.s has said no we're not going to do this if the conditions on the ground demand it or or an argument can be made that the conditions on the ground demand it they're going to do it Mm -hmm. and i think that is up to and including a, a nuclear exchange with russia if 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 it gets to that point now i'm i'm not saying that it will but if you put americans on the ground in ukraine I could see that happening, and I don't see the off ramp for this to get to get us out of of eventually sending people to fight in Ukraine. This is this is this is why I bring this up. This is the tit for tat. 
We say, oh, no cluster bombs. You can't do that. Then we do cluster bombs. Mm -hmm. They start producing an international gold-backed currency. We have this here. Take a look at this. Willem Middlecoop says 41 countries have applied for BRICS membership. This is massive. That this is, is mm -hmm. what? what is this like? Just about a third of the world? Yeah. And I mean, and and not in terms many in our government. Well, yeah, but, but well, maybe to, with China. To many in government, I mean, these are fighting words saying that we are going yeah. to use a currency Absolutely. that is not controlled by the United States of America. Something that's very frightening for those uh, in the ruling elite to hear. And to be frank, it's those are frightening words for your average person, too, if they really consider them. Because if we do lose our status as world reserve currency, the quality of life is going to diminish for basically everybody in this country. Now, you got to imagine the position that foreign leaders are in and foreign nations are in. They see how we have absolutely abused our status as world reserve currency and the fact that people need to trade in our dollar and are compelled to by the way the market functions currently. In 2020, when COVID-19 crippled our economy, or at the very least, I should say, when the lockdowns and the overreaction to COVID-19 crippled our economy, what our government did is they responded by engaging in the most gigantic transfer of wealth that has ever occurred in all of human history. And they gave virtually all of the money to the wealthiest people in this nation and devalued the currency of everyone who had savings in order to engage in that transfer of wealth. Now, anyone who was paying attention at that time said, this is going to massively harm those in the lower classes. This is massively going to harm people who have saved. And this is also going to harm people who own small businesses because the SBA was expected to handle something like 10 times its yearly budget over the course of a month or two weeks in order to get this bailout money to small businesses. Now, the giant businesses that got, what, $4.2 in low-interest loans... We're able to leverage that to purchase up a lot of those smaller businesses after they closed down. And it was done with your currency being devalued. Now, poor and working class people don't have a whole lot of recourse for that. But you know who does have a lot of recourse for that? Rich people in other nations who are holding U.S. currency who didn't get that payout, as well as oligarchs and rulers of other countries that have stashed U.S. dollars because they had some faith that the United States dollar was going to carry its value over into the future. And many of them are saying, you know what? We're probably going to use our clout to punish the American dollar and punish people who are in control of it by pulling out and signing on to some new currency. What gets me uh, kind of worried is, uh, let me jump, jump, jump to this story. We'll keep, uh, we'll, again, we'll keep it all particularly esoteric. We have this from Coindesk. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink says Bitcoin could revolutionize finance. A lot of people start to ask themselves why it is the CEO of BlackRock, this massive financial institution, is all of a sudden doing a turnaround and supporting Bitcoin. That one's kind of concerning, mm -hmm. or I should say disconcerting. When there's talk of the U.S. losing its status as reserve currency, especially over the past several years, and now more so with BRICS nations launching a, launching a gold-backed currency, the idea that this guy's going to come out and be like, I care about people, and I think, you know, they should listen. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. Maybe not. Maybe what happens is, and again, I don't know. I'm not a finance guy, so don't, don't take my advice for it. If the U.S. loses its status as the reserve currency, war breaks out. The dollar's going to fall to garbage. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be eating bread. You're gonna be eating bugs and living in a pod. And that's what, that's what I wonder about all this. When they say you will own nothing and you will be happy, maybe what they're not. People think they're saying they're gonna take the world from you. Maybe what they're really saying is when the war happens, you ain't getting none of this stuff no matter what you do. The food's gonna be going to the soldiers to the front line. Resources and everything will be straight into war. And what will you have? Worthless green pieces of paper. To be honest, 
digital numbers on a computer screen. We'll see rationing all over again. During the Second World War, that was a reality. People could only consume so many resources regardless of their level of wealth because the government was saying, we need to use this rubber or fuel or food for the war effort. So let me ask you guys, what makes more sense? That powerful elites in Europe and the USA want you to eat bugs hmm. because of their ideology? Or they were preparing you for eating bugs because ain't gonna be no food when war breaks out? Well, I, I think it's a combination. I think that if your ideology is so corrupt and you hold human life so cheap, then it's inevitably going to be the case you'll make the sorts of reckless decisions that will result in your economy being destroyed and people end up ending up being plunged into warfare, which will destroy their resources and lower their quality of life. I don't think that it needs to be either or. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, exactly. I think, I think that there there are ample reasons for ideologically possessed people that are in positions of power to say, look, you shouldn't be eating steak. You shouldn't be eating all this beef. You should, or, you know, and and red meat and stuff. You should be eating something that's simpler and something that's better for the planet. Because there are people that truly believe that the that the the world is overpopulated and that we need to significantly decrease the number of people on Earth because we keep devouring the resources and the, we can't produce enough uh, resources and food to sustain the population that we have and. While I don't believe that, I do believe that there are probably cons a considerable number of people in positions of power that are capable of doing something about it uh, mm. and actually affecting populations and, and policy that will, could, or at least could significantly lower the, the population of the earth. And I think that the, 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 the global warming um, alarmism that you see is is the most likely method. So things like, you know, you can't have mm -hmm. cows because they are bad for the environment and these bugs are better for the, the environment are, are compelling arguments to people that are already ideologically kind of aligned or are used to getting beat down with the, the, the world is ending because of climate change kind of thing. So I don't think that it needs to be one or the other. I think that, that there are multiple reasons why people in positions of power would want to say look you, you you can't live the life that you've been living and you need to roll back your standard of living do you guys remember that uh there was a, a document that went viral from some security contractor that claimed the u.s population would be reduced by like 60 percent we talked about this i never remembered seeing that document because it was erased from everywhere about based on what though so there, we don't know, uh, uh, some kind of defense contractor put together a report talking about future plans, and it listed the populations of many countries as having been reduced by like 30 to 40% or something like that, or more. Mm -hmm. And the document was deleted. I don't think we ever got a real explanation for it. I'm not saying it means it's true or anything. I, I hate conspiracy theories. So, you know, for all we know, uh, they were creating a hypothetical scenario in the yeah. event of war or something like that. But then this, this, uh, the archives all got deleted. And now it's really hard to find any information. It is as if it has been erased from the Internet. It makes you wonder about what's really being talked about behind the scenes. Because, mm -hmm. look, for all we know, Occam's razor suggests this is just a nonsense document. Some random guy said the population would go down or something like this. But as we, we see more and more signs of major conflict escalating, like the cluster munitions thing is a big deal. There's, there's uh, fears of the uh, Zaporizhia plant being blown up. I believe it's the Zaporizhia one, right? That's where they're saying that the Russians have lined explosives all around it or something like I that. I don't know. I don't know. You know, you get propaganda on both sides and uh, you got to figure out who you want to trust. But isn't it convenient for all of us, as Norm McDonald pointed out, that uh, the good guys won every war? 
keep that in mind <laughs> as, you, as you consider the news that's coming out today with all of these uh, major conflict stories. But also, I think it's important to think about, we, I talked about this during COVID, uh, and I don't know if we were talking about in the context of war, but what is the one thing that is guaranteed that COVID did? It got people to move out of cities. Yeah. It decentralized our economy. You had everybody working from the office. If that office got destroyed for some reason, let's say, let's say everybody's working in an office and the fire breaks out, people get trapped inside. That company's gone. Let's say you push everybody to remote work and get them out of cities. That office gets just caught in a fire. Your company still exists. Digital economy. People are able to communicate, facilitate, and keep working. So it made me wonder when we saw COVID and the, the main result was large exodus of major economic power from large cities, decentralizing the US economy, sure was helping us prepare, whether intentionally or not, for a major conflict. If New York were to get nuked now, our economy would still function to a great degree because many of these people who run these systems have left and they've spread out even. So it's harder to target. Pre-COVID, with all of the big heads of industry in San Francisco, in California, in New York, many in Chicago, a single nuclear weapon, your economy's gone. Post-COVID, not so much. They're not gonna be able to target the CEOs in all these different random places. Even mm. celebrities and actors are moving all over the place. They're not in the same place anymore. The, pe the people I mean, running these blue states are secret heroes. They're trying to get everybody out of the cities. Russia still, I mean, Russia still is the country that has the most nuclear weapons in the world. Are their nukes as powerful as ours, though? Like, is I don't it one know. To one? I'm not 100% sure of the yield I think they're wise. more powerful. Oh. Um, yeah. But they, they have I mean, the Satan II. Hmm. Yeah. Tidal wave uh, bomb or whatever it's called. Yeah. Some of them, uh, in fact, the most powerful nuclear weapon ever built was by the Soviets. Sarbon. Sarbon. Wow. Yep. Okay. And they and only, what was it, only ever used at a quarter yield or somewhere? Half. Half, yeah. It was 100 megatons was the, the design, and they only used 50, I think, is the... Is the and the, the bomber that dropped it fell two kilometers from the sky in the shockwave, because it and then it recovered. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Oh my God! Yeah, that's terrifying. Terrible. I mean, it, imagine what they have now. I don't think it's nuclear weapons. I think they're well, they're way beyond this stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking about a weapon from a hundred years ago. Yeah, a one hundred year old bomb. Come on, they got something else already. For sure. Yeah, antimatter weapons. How much you want to bet they have antimatter bombs? Well, I mean, look, we know that different countries have been creating bio weapons, and we just know this because uh, one was released now sir francis boyle uh who was the author of the american implementing legislation for the bioweapons convention has stated as a lawyer that these are if anything made with gain-of-function research is classified as a bioweapon so that's not even like a conspiracy theory or a hot take that is the author of the legislation that governs these affairs specifically stating these are bioweapons like anything made through gain-of-function research and we know gain-of-function research is happening so who knows what's been created who knows and the kinds of ugly things that have been engineered by uh scientists that could be unleashed onto the public at any moment so we learned during covid that asians were more susceptible to the virus because they have more ace2 receptors hmm. think about something like that we know that this particular group of people has more of one type of receptor in their lungs. Oof. Therefore, they may be more susceptible to a virus. Mm -hmm. Now, think about how they're going to make bioweapons. Oh, yep. They're going to be like, hey, this particular group of people is susceptible to this particular thing. And then one day, everyone in that country is very sick. Mm -hmm. That's bioweapons. And it, there will be collateral damage.
Yeah, well, no, we also know, like, based on the part of the world you're in and a lot of genetic factors, you can be more or less susceptible to diseases. This is the entire point that gets brought up anytime anyone wants to discuss, like, colonization and the conquistadors, the fact that the Spanish were totally immune to the diseases they were bringing over, so they didn't even know they had them. Someone could theoretically engineer viruses and disease that would be more likely to wreak havoc on populations of different people genetically. That's terrifying. I, I always get real, like, and I don't know how realistic this is because I have no idea about how bugs are are engineered or anything but the idea of ebola with like a three-week incubation p period or two-week incubation period An airborne ebola yeah mm. just spreads around and it takes weeks before you just start puking and mm. bleeding out your eyes and and with, with and you're contagious the entire time that the idea of that just terrifies the absolute crap out of me because that would run wild through through the whole country. And then world. you would have basically everyone in this country demanding lockdowns. Oh yeah. That's true. Oh yeah. yeah. We did talk about this too. I think, you know, Ian asked the question when we were we were like, Oh, we're all against lockdowns, he was like, What if it was an airborne Ebola? And it's like, oh, that's a tough question, because now you're looking at people puking up their organs and stuff in the middle of the street. Uh-huh. But the quest, the, the issue is still, you have a right to choose if you want to take that risk. Well, but but there's, there's another point here. I think a lot of the argument against, like, vaccinations or forced vaccinations or lockdowns or whatever it is, they aren't necessarily axiomatic arguments. They're questions of whether factors are such that it justifies it. So if you right. did have an Ebola, if, if there was an Ebola that had like a 99% transmission rate and 99% mortality rate, 100% you lock things down. Except you have well, to trust the government. But that's true. Yeah, 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 but exactly, exactly. But I'm saying if that really is the case and you really have those numbers, of course people are going to say, yeah, do but it. You're, but that's the thing. It's it's not even going to be a question because mm -hmm. if you've got, if you've got like people like in mass just like puking and dying in the streets yeah. and stuff like that people are gonna voluntarily be like get the f exactly. out of here get away from my house i'm not going out it would be it would be a lockdown that was completely voluntary the police and i mean the only people that would would be going to work would be like doctors that actually could do something and if mm -hmm. the, if even because a lot of times when you get to something if you get to something that dramatic there'd be a lot of people that are just like i'm staying home with my family yeah no i i definitely agree with you it would mostly be voluntary my point is simply that when you get to a certain point of transmission and mortality with the disease lockdowns are going to be more or less justifiable mm -hmm. what will destroy the world Incubation period of two weeks, mm -hmm. airborne, high mortality, and a disease that takes four to six weeks to, to kill you. Mm -hmm. So escalating degrees of severity. Uh, let, let's talk about the absolute you know, worst case scenario, because if we're talking about actual engineered bioweapons, these things are going to be horrifying. We're talking about a virus that is airborne. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Transmissible when a person is asymptomatic. Couple weeks incubation period, high mortality rate. It would be impossible to stop unless everyone locked their doors and no one did anything ever again. What are the chances of of a government actually trying to build that virus? I think one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we may have it now. I mean, yeah, they're not you know going to tell us what's going on. But why wouldn't they do it? I yeah. mean, look at nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. They can wipe out a whole city with with a single merv. 
I mean, they can wipe out multiple cities with a with a with a Merv. Mm-hmm. Twelve warheads in one ICBM. Yeah. I hate these ac- acronyms. Let's let's try this again. <laughs> Twelve warheads in one multiply a uh, multiple independently targeting reentry vehicles, and uh, in in uh, that's what a Merv is. It's an intercontinental ballistic missile. Mm-hmm. You'd say like Merv and ICBM, and people are like I have no idea what you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's tough. Are we sitting here spinning our wheels and wasting our time argue, arguing about culture war nonsense? No. When you, when you go to the highest le- no. 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 When you go to the highest levels and you see this is the case, let's, let's, let's talk about the, the realm of uh, domestic politics in this regard. If Donald Trump's worldview is, is really, let's not have the war that destroys the planet, let's shore up our borders, protect the United States, bring back manufacturing, and become self-sufficient because the long fall is coming. And the alternative is, no, let's go all out, take over the world, and destroy mm. bricks in, by any means necessary so that we can stay on top of the world. Which do you choose? I, Look, think, I, think, I think the Trump angle is the, is the, is the better one. Well, absolutely. And not just practically speaking, but morally speaking. Not only would that, be, there would be so much bloodshed and lost life if we tried doing something like that, but it, yeah, it, but, but pre- it, 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 assumes, it assumes that other nations don't have the right to develop currencies while we're debasing ours it it assumes that other nations should be forced into dollar slavery and have to hold this asset this currency while we're abusing it and showing them we don't respect it ourselves here's the challenge the chinese communist party is pretty dang evil they are very evil absolutely so so there's the the other argument of if we just decide you know what we're going to close our doors to a great degree not like like not completely but we're going to bolster the american economy and we're going to focus on ourselves China's going to keep expanding. They're not going to stop. Well, it depends. I mean, firstly, China does get a lot of money from the United States just with respect to the business that we do with them. So if we just started doing everything domestically, it would be painful for us. But I also think it'd be very painful for them. I'll also add that if we were to go to war with China over human rights abuses, if there was like a real legitimate reason for us to go to a war, if you went through all the tenets of just war theory and they all lined up, then yeah, that, but that's a different question than just going to war with them over them wanting to use a currency that isn't ours. Okay. The justification is a massive <laughs> part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone was just uh, in agreement with you, Seamus. Good. Good. I like that. Perfect. <laughs> Shimcast, IRL. Here we are. There you go. I mean, I don't know. The, the, uh, the I, whole the, brick. The, the, the question is, what does a regular family do? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's, and that's a very good question. You've said this on the show before, uh, but at the risk of, of sounding like a broken record, I'll say it again for you. I, I believe it's a good idea for people to get out of blue areas, generally speaking. Not even necessarily because of this question, but just the fact that blue states and uh, blue cities end up having really bad policies. There are going to be a lot of people there who are like not a good influence for you and your family. So I'll put that out there. And then... You know, it's it's recommended by federal agencies, even in the United States, that you should have some emergency food stored up. I think people should do that. Uh, just try to live as moral a life as possible. People aren't going to be surprised to hear this from me because this is the advice I'm going to give in every situation. But get close to Jesus Christ, really get right with God, live a moral life. And then if something horrible ends up happening, if America ends up being destroyed, well, you lived a good life. You did the right thing. You formed the proper relationship with the truth. Let's jump to uh, some domestic politics here because we have this story out of, uh, out of Georgia. Actually, it was trending earlier in the day. Georgia state representative makes moral decision to leave party. Rep. Mesha Maynard quit the Democratic Party and has joined the GOP saying for far too long the Democrat Party has gotten away with using and abusing the black community. That's it. She's from uh, District 56. She is uh, uh, 
Bennon, since January of 2021, she ran unopposed by a Republican challenger in the 2020 and 22 Democrat primary elections in the state. And now she's quitting. Won't be. It's not the first time. Won't be the last time. But I have to wonder what uh, what's in store for us in 2024 if this trend continues, because the reality is we're not seeing the inverse trend. No, this idea of Republicans jumping ship and becoming Democrats is just not a thing. It happens sometimes, but not really. Typically, it's neocons and people who want war siding with neolibs who agree with them on war. But when it comes to cultural issues like her issue with school choice, Democrats say outright, no, do as you're told. And she was like, I'm out. I'm out. I, I think that that what you mentioned about it not going the other way, that it's not really neo or not really conservatives or whatever. I think that they all kind of beat feet in 2016. If the, if you were like a, if you were anti-Trump or whatever, and you were an establishment type Republican, they kind of had already, have already left the party and they did it years ago. Um, so would speak to speak to this phenomenon of, of Democrats. I mean, you see it, you see it in the, you know, in the political space, but you also see it, you know, with, uh, what's her name? Anna Kasparian. Um, there was another leftist that had recently come out and, and left, you know, essentially left the left. And a lot of it is because they find out that the narrative that is spun by the left generally does not map onto the truth or doesn't map on re onto nope. reality. Um, and there are going to be people that are going to disagree about the places where it doesn't map onto reality. But I think that the LGBT issues when it comes to transitioning kids is where the breaking point for most people are. It's like, look, you cannot, you cannot have trans kids. You cannot have kids that are prepubescent that you're encouraging, not just allowing, but encouraging at times to live their lives as if they're a different uh, you know, as if they're, they have, they're biologically different. That is unacceptable to the mass majority of the, uh, of the population. And I think that that's starting to show when it comes to, you know, I don't know the specific reasons that, uh, that rep, what's her name? Rep what? Maynard? Mesha Maynard. Maynard. Yeah, Mesha rep Maynard. Maynard. I don't know why she specifically left. I don't know. You know, I haven't read her specific story. School, school choice was the big issue. She wanted parents to be able to, she, she was concerned that many of these schools were so awful that these kids were struggling to learn how to read and that parents should have a right to take their kid and put yeah. them in a better school. And the Democrats were like, no, shut your mouth. Yeah. See, and that should be something that is, is that should be something that is, is really important to especially poor communities and communities that have, have kids that aren't, you know, making they're they're graduating with, with a third grade or fourth grade reading level. Like that is a huge concern. And that's something that you hear about all the time. So I, I, you know, more power to her. I think that that's something that more people should be concerned about. Absolutely agreed. There are a lot of issues that people say shouldn't be political. And most of the time when I hear that phrase, I roll my eyes. It's like, well, too bad. It is political. That's how this country works. We have one party that's heinously evil. Um, not to say every individual person in the party realizes that, but yeah, what the party wants is disgusting and horrible and will destroy the country. Me, but when it comes to school choice, I, I just want to finish this thought. When it comes to school choice, it is, it's so obvious from any framework, from any framework that this is the right thing. Let parents choose where they send their kids to school. Don't force kids to stay stuck in failing school systems. Now, I don't know why I would have the expectation that people who think it's okay to groom and mutilate kids and kill unborn babies would see that also maybe parents shouldn't be forced to put their kids in failing schools. But even without those other two questions that people end up being tied up with their party's language on and not examining critically, with the school choice stuff, you just got to think it's 
whenever they say things like you're going to destroy or defund the public school system, what they're acknowledging is parents would choose anything besides right. the public school system parents if they had a choice. So even their own arguments against school choice are arguments for school choice. I wanted to say real quick, uh, up until recently, both parties were discernibly evil. Yeah. And then you had this insurgency oh. with Bernie and with Donald Trump. And then Bernie uh, uh, showed himself to be quite a bit duplicitous. And Trump showed himself to be particularly anti-establishment in some areas. And so what you end up with now is a lot of people of influence in the Republican Party who oppose war, who oppo oppose these things that are objectively evil and uh, objectively evil and abjectly evil. And now you have still the neocons trying to claw back power in the Republican Party to once again restore the two massively evil uh, machines in this in this country. Yeah, no, well, it, I think you're right that all of the elements of the Republican Party that it ended up shedding during the Trump administration, at least the bad elements, are ones that people want to restore. I think there's things the Republican Party uh, shed uh, as a result of the Trump paradigm and him taking over the party that I don't think the Republican Party should have shed. I think the Republican Party's become too socially liberal. But when it comes to the warfare issue, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's one of his greatest accomplishments was pushing the neocons into the Democratic Party. Yeah, who was it? Was it Mike Pence recently? Somebody, uh, some Republican was like, we don't care about culture war issues. They're stupid. I saw that. Yeah, who was that? I don't they remember like, who We care about was, economic issues. It's like, it's like, that's, you're so wrong. But oh, firstly, right. Firstly, the two are unbelievably closely linked. This is, I understand sometimes we want to separate issues into economic issues and social issues, and sometimes that can make sense. But broadly speaking, it's not, it's not possible. It's really not possible. Um, your social views are going to inform your economic views. I don't understand how that could possibly not be the case. But even so, to say, well, you know, like, I'm really interested in well, slicing the top marginal tax rate by 3%, um, and I'm not concerned by the fact that children uh, are being abused and systemically groomed through this I, I, horrible school system. I, I disagree. I disagree. Mm -hmm. Jim, Jimmy Dore is left yeah. in a lot of economic stuff, but not on a bunch of other weird, creepy stuff. Sure. No, I, I totally agree. But I think that he would tell you that his moral vision for America is holistic and combines his economic and moral perspectives. Yes. Even agree. though I would disagree with right. him, right? On, on how he applies those principles. You take a look at this uh, Mesha Maynard Democrat who's now a Republican, and this is a good example of someone who's like, yo, I, I disagree with this one issue, and they say basically, get out of the party. The Democratic Party is basically the party of, are you in the cult or not? Mm -hmm. And anybody not in that cult is right wing. It's, is this how the media works? It's kind of hilarious. I mean, you, you, can, you can think about it in any, in any context. Jimmy Dore. The dude advocates for very socialist policies. They'll call him right wing. Yeah. <laughs> However, considering he is fairly socialist on a lot of issues, they struggle with it. You take a look at what the, how they refer to me. Liberal on, on most, on, on many issues, traditionally not modern leftism. And they'll say that's right wing. Because the only thing that matters, and what this Democrat is realizing, either you march in lockstep with the cult, or you get out. Yes. I don't care what they call me. I'm not marching step with them. Have you guys seen and that video is... where they're all holding their hands up and they're like, I will respect my black brothers and sisters. No. You never saw that one? Let me pull no. that one up. It's such a blatant virtue signal. I feel like well, I would Virtue signal, it's a cult, bro. And I'll, I'll mention this. Um, you know, the Democrats will say, if you disagree with us on like 0.5% of our values, you're an evil fascist or whatever. The right, I think, is, has become far too inclusive on the other end, where we just say anyone. What is funny, what the left says is, if you disagree with the left on 0.5% of anything, you're not on the left. And we say, and you're on the right. It's like, no, 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 no. They're not necessarily on the right just because the left doesn't like them.
It's not to say we can't work with them on the, the area where there's agreement. It's just to say we have to have some way to define these terms. Like, just because the left sure. is way too strict and purist doesn't mean that we abandon principle. Let me play this clip. Yeah. You, you didn't sound I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. And do everything in my power to educate my community. And do everything in my power to educate my community. Look at this. I will yeah. love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. <laughs> That's colorblindness. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. I don't think it's a cold when you say that. About racism. Is that a white person saying violence. it too? Yes, of course. Of course. Man. Like that is the whitest group of people that I have seen. Reflective. Join the cult. That is definitely in Vermont. <laughs> Or <laughs> something like that. Hey, hey, come in, New Hampshire. I don't see I anyone complaining about the fact that these are all white people either. How we were talking about that post on Facebook or Twitter. The Cassidy. How many videos do we need to show people to be like, yo, this is a cult? That's super crazy. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being oh, cute. I'm not being derisive. I'm too. being factual and academic in saying the modern left is a cult. It is a large cult. Yeah, to be clear, they're praying. Like, Absol that's what they're absolutely. doing. They're praying. That's a prayer ceremony right there. Yeah, they I mean, have a leader up there who's leading worship, and they're chanting, but that is prayer. It's, that's the, what's confession of, it's the same thing as yeah. a confession of faith in, in to Catholicism, or it's the same idea. It's they're, like, they're, <laughs> they're, they're confessing that they're uh, a member of that particular no, no, ideology. No, this, this is like a prayer and, service. Yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, yeah, that's that's more or less what I'm saying. This is like when you, when you go to a church and... You know, the, the preacher's up at the front of the priest, depending on which group of Christians you're talking about, and he's he's stating something and the congregation repeats it. I mean, when we're talking about, like, ancient prayers that have a precedent and point to something true, good, and beautiful, that can be a wonderful thing. When we're talking about ideological language that was invented 10 years ago in order to shame you for the color of your skin, well, I think it's pretty creepy. But ultimately, it is prayer. It, it is prayer. And there's nothing wrong with prayer in religion in and of itself, but there is something wrong with these prayers in this religion because they're wrong. Well, Very wrong. But Dangerously you need, wrong. You need to make a better argument than that. Nuh-uh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, the way, the way I think about any kind of true religious prayer yeah. is sort of a... Name the religion that believes in a higher power, and prayer is effectively an admission or, a, 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 you know, in some way... It's rooted in knowing you are not the end all be all. It is not all about you. Exactly. Yeah. There is something greater and beyond you. And there is a component of reaching out to the universe, to God, or whatever it is you believe. So I, I don't I don't believe that prayer in, in this context is just specifically rooted rooted to one religion. In that context, <clears throat> you know, Seamus, you might say Christianity, Catholicism is the correct one, the rest of people are praying to nothing or whatever. What, however you want to describe it, my point is this. This is prayer to a person. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. So I would say that... The, these people are praying to a person, mm, a human. Like one specific human. Yeah, right. so, well, so, so what I would say is that obviously Christianity is correct. I think sometimes people in like certain pagan religion, religions are like praying to demons or praying to themselves, or if it's someone who hasn't been introduced to Christianity before and they're like trying to find God, you know, and they're just innocently asking questions, I think it's possible for God to, you know, hear that. But that said... Um, I think that what you're seeing here is a kind of self-worship because these people are able to fit in with the group by chanting these words. And it's more or less about that. It's more or less about fitting in virtue signaling, saying, I'm one of you guys. I have the trendy opinion. That's a scary video, man. It's very scary. Creeps me out. I don't like it. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't mind it because I'm hoping that there can be some kind of... Uh, uh, some something brought to the Supreme Court to get that whole ideology declared a religion so that hmm. way you can have it completely and totally 
quarantined from legislation. Well, that would Let be it, interesting. Have it, have it be declared a religion so that way people can exercise their religion. They can you know, live their life that way, believe what they want, just keep it completely and totally isolated from, from state power. So the government can't, you know, give any kind of uh, pass laws based on any of that any of the the ideology well i think what people have to contend with is a problem that has existed ever since we started talking about a separation of church and state which is that we have determined that one set of moral truth claims should be placed in this category called religion and other sets of truth claims even if made about the exact same thing because they don't openly claim that they reference a creator or a god are not to be considered religious and therefore can meddle with legal processes. The reality is these views are fundamentally religious because an ideology is basically just a false religion that doesn't expressly purport to worshiping any kind of God. And so you have a religion, and you have competing religions, but these ones, because they don't call themselves that, because they call themselves something else, are able to, you know, have themselves declared legally as national or state religions, basically. We, we need a, a good legal understanding of what a religion is. The Supreme because Court has a, I, I'll Google it, because they actually have a, a, a specific um, definition. And I believe it includes, like, belief in a deity or something like that. No, it, it couldn't, it couldn't. Because then Buddhism, I think, is out. Well, yeah, people have argued about that before, like Buddhism, because it doesn't technically say that there are, I think some interpretations don't. I'm not a Buddhism expert. Um, yeah, I don't but, think Buddhists believe in mm -hmm. God. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think it might, does it, does it depend on the Buddhist or do they all just say there is no God? Because I've, I, I remember learning about it, it as may, an atheistic it religion, but I, I think some might believe that there is Yeah, I think, I think, I think Buddhism doesn't necessarily... Mm -hmm require you to believe or not to believe in a higher power or, or okay a, yeah like like base buddhism does not like it the buddha himself would have said that's that's incorrect because it's a, it's a life path essentially it's not that wouldn't be real buddhism i sound so cringe saying that but uh no the the point is that <laughs> you're you, heretic buddhist <laughs> I, essentially yes like uh, honoring buddha and rubbing his belly and things like that are, are are human things that have come up later on they're not actually part of the original core idea that buddha sattva set out when he was on earth he didn't it was not his thing but they would that. say they're all human things though right if they don't believe in a god um well they believe in enlightenment Okay. Uh, they, they do believe in a, in, a, in a state of being beyond beyond that, which would be akin to like heaven. But hmm. they, again, like the rubbing the bell, you know, all that stuff like that hmm. are, are human idols that have been created in, in time beyond it? that. Interesting. Uh, I don't see anything that specifies uh, the definition. It brought me to the, it was uh, autocorrecting to scouts as in the Boy Scouts at first. Um, so I'm still looking at, I don't see hmm. anything though. So what do you think when you see stuff like this? I think it should be classified as a religion. I mean, it might as well be. Um, I don't know. It's it's really creepy to see them worshiping. I mean, what is it that they're worshiping? Just the the themselves. Yeah, there, there's nothing else there. Right? There, there. There's no ethos. There's no moral structure. There's no plan. There's no path. It's literally just, will you repeat the words I say? And they yes do. or no? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Cult. Yep. 
Yeah, well, and I, I think some element of it is also a humiliation ritual because, all right, so so let's say we just take their words. I don't remember every single thing they said, but one thing is I will like love my, um, I, I will love my black neighbors just as much as my white neighbors. Now, this is like if someone stands you up at the front of the room and they're like, I need you to say in front of me that like you're not going to go, you know, hurt innocent people. Okay, well, the fact that you're being asked that is an indictment of you. And the fact that you right. would take that question seriously suggests that you do need to answer that question uh, because we can't really be sure about you. So there's a strong element of a humiliation ritual to this, which if you're trying to uh, abuse people, which is effectively what happens with bad religions and ideologies, is you're, you're just kind of abusing your congregation. Well, you want to see them prove that they're willing to humiliate themselves for you. James they're willing to put up with any kind of treatment. James Lindsay makes a compelling argument that it's Gnosticism that and which and it boils down to kind of like like the 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 existing religions that people are familiar with, like mm -hmm. your Abrahamic religions. Those are actually the devil and that there is a God behind them that's hidden from everybody. Um, and that God is actually imprisoned in reality. So the, the, mm. the gods that we know of as you know, Abrahamic religion gods, they have, they have imprisoned the real God in reality. And the God is in, in everyone. So you hear people say, well, there's a lot of times where people will make remarks that they don't realize are actually like a cult or Gnostic. But when people mm -hmm. say God's in everybody, yes. I don't think there's well, anything that's Catholic that says that God is actually in everyone. But the, the Gnostic religion kind of, and this is not all religion. Gnostic, no, like the the Gnosis, like or Gnostic heresy, almost. You would, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, not, it's called the heresy. Yeah, important yeah. to say that. Important to say that. So, so it's like it's as if God is in everybody, and the ideal is to have everybody realize that they are God, and then once everyone realizes yeah. that they are God, that's the action. That's the beginning of history or the end of history, depending on the way that you mm -hmm. you are are describing it. Um, but yeah, the, it's it's people believing that they are God and they want to transcend their bodies to 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 become one with God or whatever. And that's that's part of why the the trans community, transhumanism kind of mixes into it too because they believe that their bodies are prisons mm -hmm. and if you talk to people on the left a lot of times when they're describing the way that they have their 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 outlook on life is they look at the world being unfair and their bodies a prison and they're not really free and you hear that through the left when it comes to like oh if you have to go to work then you're not really free that's articulating that they believe that their own body and maintaining their own body is actually imprisoning them and they can't be their true selves because they have to go to work and these are these are themes that you hear the left talk and i'm talking about the far left but these are things that you hear the left talking about frequently and it lines up with the idea that it's it's a, a gnostic ideology or a gnostic uh heresy yeah well, i mean it's interesting there, there's a couple things there and of course like we believe as, as christians that like every every human has god's image and likeness uh on them yeah but that's not oh, saying but, you're but god. there's not saying yeah not exactly exactly um that's basically what the devil says I am God. That, yeah. that's, that, yeah. that was his claim. Now, I also think that you touched on a very important point, which is that in Gnosticism, there's this kind of idea that like the flesh itself is evil and that you can yeah. transcend it in the sense that your mind can be something other than what your body is and it's superior. Mm -hmm. um, and the internal state of someone who says they're a woman when they're clearly a man must be honored above the actual physical reality because not only do the two not conform, but the, the quote unquote spiritual reality is higher. Gnosticism is a little bit difficult to pin down just because 
because it's similar to the new age movement in the sense that there's yeah. different kinds of varieties. But generally, yeah, I, th I think you're right that there's this heavy element of Gnostic spiritualism to all of it. Yeah, this like this like gnosis, this case of gnosis of like you, your only your knowledge and only your truth is the, the truth that matters, not objective truth. There is no objective reality. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and I think that's where I see it as well. That's what I think is is it's Gnostic in that sense. And but, one of the things that I that I have heard people heard again Lindsay was talking about this is that a lot of the gnostic uh cults that have been have existed in history actually kind of like mask themselves onto existing religions so they'll say to to Christians or whatever they say well well god you know you're getting this information from mm. from your your priest or whatever but i know this this other part that is actually your religion, but it's a secret part. And yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. the gnosis comes from. They gnosis know the, the esoteric knowledge. Exactly. exactly. The, yeah, the yeah. esoteric knowledge, the secret hidden religion. And it's, it's, it's actually your religion, but your whole religion, not the piece <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, only yeah. been hit. Cause you've only been given, given a little piece because the people that are in power want to stay in power. So they only give you the little bit. I have the gnosis. I have the knowledge yeah. to give to you. And it's done a whole in, throughout history. Gnostic has Gnostics have used that type of argument to infiltrate religions that exist and, and kind of, you know, t turn like a symbiotic religion. No, not a symbiote, like a parasite, I guess. You well, know? they'll do the same thing. I have the real science. Yeah. Science actually says biological yes. sex doesn't exist. I can well, make me, that claim. Let's yeah. jump to the story from ABC News. Kansas must stop changing trans people's sex listing on driver's licenses, judge says. A state court, a court judge has ordered Kansas to stop allowing trans people to change the listing for sex on their driver's license. This one caused a lot of uh, contentious issues there on the Internet, as many people on the left are saying it's far right fascism, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, my question with this story is actually quite simple. The reason why I wanted to bring it up in this conversation, if the left continually says sex and gender are different, why would a trans person ever change their sex on a birth certificate or driver's license? When they are not, in fact, changing their sex, they are just they're trying to affirm or confirm their gender, which is a social construct. Yeah, well, right. This is how it started. They, they created this nonsensical distinction between yeah. sex and gender. Gender is a term that was only used to describe language. So they took something that only referred to inanimate objects, or, or I shouldn't even call it an object, but an artifact of language, and they applied it to humans, which already has dehumanizing connotations to it. Well, well, but, hold on. Hold on. But, they, hold on. They didn't do that. We did it because of what... It, words naturally acquired meaning. No, 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 and hold so on. What would John Money is, coined the term gender identity. This was absolutely, an and then yeah. on, and then on government documents, it'll yes. ask you your gender, not your sex. Yes, yes. So, so it's not referring to the, to the male or female nature of a word. Mm -hmm. It eventually came to mean biological sex. Exactly. So what happened was because people were uncomfortable saying sex and wanted a euphemism, they would just say gender instead. So in some instances, it was used interchangeably, and then sometimes it was used to say, well, your sex and gender identity are two different things because your sex is the biological reality and your gender is the expression and they said that for a very long time to get people to accept transgenderism but now hmm, they've pushed the two back together and what do they say oh actually your gender is also your biological sex because if you say this is what you are we have to also say that that's what your biological sex is so the issue here is there is a reason why we ask for the sex of the individual typically for medical reasons i mean that, that that's basically it we can see the picture of your face on the card if we want to know it's you we'll look at the picture on your face the reason sex is listed is literally in case someone needs to identify your bio, your biology and they can't tell. 
Some people are naturally feminine looking and some women are naturally masculine looking. There are instances where people are androgynous. And so let's say you have a heart attack and you collapse. Medical person's going to come in. Do they have an ID on them? They're going to look at your ID and be like, okay, they're female. Okay, we know a bit about their body. It's going to be different from a male yeah. body. Yeah. Changing it does nothing to inform anyone of anything. Quite the opposite, actually. So if the real issue is they want to affirm their gender and they believe gender and sex are different things to the point where there are non-binary people simply because they don't want to wear a suit or a dress, then why would you ever change sex on a, on a government document? Yeah, well, because you, you constantly need the constructions of your own mind to be validated and you constantly need a grievance. So you're just going to keep pushing it down the line saying like, well, you've accepted my gender identity, but you don't accept my sex. I mean, it's all nonsense, but you're absolutely right. You'd need to know a person's sex medically, this, this, this is especially why if they're unconscious and they can't communicate it to you. Like you described, different medicines might be able to be used in a specific situation, but not another one, like depending on your sex. It's also true of dosages of medicines. Well, so this is this is the the one of the principal identifiers of it being a cult. The left adheres to things that make no sense for no reason other than you must. That's it. The larger group agrees on a concept and you must fall in line with whatever the majority of that cult believes and mm -hmm. does, even if it serves no purpose or makes no sense. If you disagree, in fact, this is actually probably the principal component of the cult. Yeah. The ultimate test. Will you agree to something that is not true? Yes or no. And so, as you can see, many of these people will come out and say, gender and sex are different. And you'll say, okay. And they'll say, also, a person can change their sex. And you're like, wait, 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 wait hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. If a, non if, if a person is gender fluid, their gender can change. And if a person wants to get gender confirmation surgery, they are confirming their gender, not their sex. You are now conflating sex and gender as a single thing while simultaneously arguing. And, oh, oh, you've challenged us exposing yourself. I think to a great degree, the point of of holding contradictory claims is so that people who aren't falling in line with the cult expose themselves. Exactly. Do yeah, you what, what do you feel about this? Do you think this is a horrible bigoted thing? I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's all about their affirmation, mm -hmm. you know, and they need to, you know, everyone needs to confirm what they are. But it's definitely two different things. And medically, I mean, it's important to know when, when somebody arrives in the emergency room and there's, you know, a problem, there's different, you know, ways to go about approaching the patient. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think different this medications. Is, yeah. Or, or even like CPR, I think, is a little bit different mm -hmm. or, you know, there's all kinds of different things. But this is just it's it's right. You're right. It's a cult. And it's either you, you know, go in lockstep with what they say. Or you're bumped out, which is why I think uh, the lady you had on earlier. That's great that she finally, you know. But it only took one thing. It only took one thing for her to go against. And then that well, was apparently it. had been a year. It's been a couple of years. Oh, and she's finally like, OK, I can't do this anymore. Right. I, I wonder how far off we are from them just removing the sex category from a driver's license and having you put your pronouns there. And that's it. <laughs> that's all we need to know. Pronouns are also an, another thing. It, it's, it's all meant to identify you as a part of the cult. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that's really that's really it. I think it's all I, I think it also adds to that element of there being a humiliation requirement or humiliation ritual. I mean, before this ideology infested everything, the idea that you would ask someone whether you should call them he or she would be and should be considered incredibly insulting. Right. What are you talking about? Well, hold you on, can't bro. tell. I, I, I would welcome anybody. There's a meme going around where it's like I tried the the, the, the Lizzo test. That's what they called it. Oh, no. And they're like, my, and, and my, uh, my aunt started crying. 
they they basically oh. said he, he said he went up to his aunt and said in, in a polite way you look like a trans woman and he said his aunt started crying that's mean and he was like but she was very liberal and very mm. pro-trans and was arguing and, and saying all this stuff and then he said something like well you know you look like a trans woman and then she got really angry and started crying and his point was like why are you crying if you like and respect trans women and you think they're good and beautiful why would you cry if someone called you that? Because they're lying. She, they're, yeah, they're, she, they're in a cult. Yeah. She knew he wasn't calling her brave. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, it's not what that implies. Yep. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this. Like, in the future, I'm not going to ask someone if they, if, where they are politically. I'm going to say, are you, are you in the cult or, or not in the cult? Mm -hmm. And then just see what they say. Because I've had, like, liberal family members be like, you're saying that I'm in a cult because I disagree with you? And I'm like, no, I'm saying you're in a cult because you believe things that are contradictory and you're too afraid to say anything against the contradictions because people will attack you and you fear that. Yeah, see, other people will be like, that quite doesn't make sense whether or not they get attacked. One is free, knowing uh, freedom is dangerous, and the others are scared into saying things that don't make sense and contradict themselves, yeah. like 2 plus 2 equals 5, out of fear of what might happen to them socially. One's a cult, one's not. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, we, we, and all of us disagree on certain things. I don't think we've ever really like accused each other of being cult members on the basis of those disagreements. So the idea that we're just going to claim anyone who's outside of our, our values is a cult member is ridiculous. It's not about that. Like this is a particularly strange set of values that have incredibly strict standards. Um, it's not even a set of values, dude. And, well, yeah, there's, there's we, we, values we, is a term that can we, just refer to what somebody like literally values and the things they value are very bizarre. When we had a particular leftist on this show, mm -hmm. we we're talking about these books, hmm. these shockingly uh, uh, gratuitous books in schools. Yeah. And she goes, so you're in favor of abstinence only sex ed? And I was like, no. And she goes, oh, I'm like, because you're in a cult, right? Mm -hmm. You can't uh, you can't you can't uh, uh, comprehend contradictions. You it's 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 all just. Anything the left says must be true no matter what, and anyone who disagrees must be the other. With me or against me. That's I mean, right. But, but look at who you, you are, I mean, it is worth taking into to consideration who you were dealing with and, and the point of them being. <laughs> but that's here. most of these people. Well, the, they're, they're, I mean, they're not, they're, look, there are intelligent political commentators. Hey, surprise, surprise, they tend to fall in a similar set of beliefs. We can talk about uh, Destiny, a liberal guy, but he has no issue coming here and, and having a discussion because he actually believes things and is having a real conversation about them. Yeah. Then you have cult members who will say literally anything so long as it fits the cult narrative. Right. Right? It's not about politics. Yeah, like Destiny would look at the information, he'd he'd change his opinion. He's not going to like totally be disingenuous. He'll look at something, show, see, see facts and see numbers and be like, oh, okay, you were right about that. Whereas many other people would look at the numbers or just completely look beyond them. Just so, so, so when you mentioned the people we're talking to, there's a reason why when we have Destiny on and have this conversation, it's not generating millions of millions of clips and millions of views. Mm. And when we have a cult member on, it does. Yeah. Because Destiny is not a cult member. Exactly. And so people are not. He, he's he's he may as well be considered right wing at, that, at this point. Well, <laughs> but I'm seriously, wait, I'm you're, 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 no, your political positions do not determine whether or not you are left or right anymore. Yeah, I mean, as, as long as you anger that group to some extent, they're going to label you far right. Not just it's, right wing, but like far right and fascist. If you say that Joe Biden, mm -hmm. there is evidence that he engaged in corrupt activities, insert whichever one, you are now conservative. Mm -hmm. If you make a movie criticizing child trafficking, <laughs> they call yep. it a conservative movie. Yes. They call true. it faith-based religious. It's, 
Sound of Freedom was just a movie. They call yeah. it a, they call it's it, a it QAnon fodder, yep. and it's pro QAnon, and it's uh, what else do they say about it? That it's it's for dads with brain worms or something. I think that was the Rolling Stone oh, review yeah. that was published. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wonder why people what? connected to Hollywood are so concerned about a movie that sheds sure. awareness on child trafficking becoming but, popular. But this, this is the point. There's nothing political in the movie. Nothing. No, not really. It's no. a law enforcement agent tracking down criminals and saving kids. But you know what else? And here's the thing. You're correct that that's not political, but to them it is. Not yeah. only for some of the more nefarious reasons we could point to, but just portraying law enforcement in a positive yeah. light that's is true. already a that's massive enough. issue for them. Yeah, true. It, it, it does speak to the fact that the, le the left does politicize everything. And, and there are going to be people that, or there would be people that would push back on that and say, well, Phil, you know, the right does it too, or, or whatever. But if you look at the philosophy of the, of the left and the, the, thinkers on the left the idea of the personal is political came from the left like that that's what mm -hmm. the the early feminists were saying i yeah. think it was the feminists that, were, that first started saying the personal is political and it's something that expands to to other uh types of leftism or other genres yeah. of left leftism or whatever the the lgbt issues that we see right now are because they demand sexuality to be a political topic it doesn't have to be it could be simply look you don't teach children you know sex ed possibly at all because you know human beings have figured it out for couple hundred thousand years that human beings have been human before we had you know government schools so it's not like it's necessary to ensure the survival of the population the, for the government to explain how sex works that's not necessary necessary at all but the reason to have these things in school is because they can be made political if you can cast something in a political light and make young people start asking political questions when they're you know 10 11 12 then you can make activists out of them and that's the goal the intent is to make activists out of kids so whether it be lgbt issues or whatever the the dynamic is whether it be race issues or whatever anytime you can get young people activated politically you're going to get a uh, a portion of them that are going to become committed political actors and they're going to become the activists of of you know the next generation and, and stuff and so the point is to politicize as much as possible from the left with leftist talking points or with leftist perspectives that's why you have your average mom and dad that are like hold on we want we don't want our kids to learn this stuff and the government's you know sending the fbi after them, <laughs> you know because that's literally what happens i'm not i've yeah. made up one thing all of that stuff is factual things that have happened so Again, I'll get pushback from some of the people that are that are friends of mine that are on that are left leaning. And it's like, look, I'm not making any of this up. This is just talking about things that are happening and have have happened. So and I think so the idea that the personal is political is something that that, it, that lives on the left. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would agree with a lot of that. I would say that and I don't think you would actually disagree that there are some and, and probably many massive goals with showing this stuff to kids that go beyond just a mere political yes, statement. Yes. But I, I will. But those add, are opportunists. I think. I think those are those are. I think it's. I think it's a mixture. I think they're they're opportunists, but I think there actually are people who want to uphold like a kind of systemic grooming. Uh, and I'll also add here that the reason like that. we have 
sex ed of any form. Firstly, I, I don't think it's going to shock anyone to hear me say I think this is something that parents should be doing and not schools. But the whole reason we have these programs is to tell people what not to do. People are going to figure out what they can do with their bodies, all right? You have to tell them what they're not supposed to do. So to show them a bunch of perverted stuff that they hadn't considered is not sex ed. That That is grooming. The, the purpose of sex ed is boundaries. Don't do this thing. Don't do this till you're married. Mm. Even like the more comprehensive programs, by the way, which I don't agree with that terminology. I don't agree with teaching kids about birth control, but even they'll say, don't do this without birth control. Like the whole point is supposed to be about saying, don't do this. Phil, Phil brought up uh, the FBI. I wanted to get, jump to this story from the Post Millennial. Take a look. FBI facilitated censorship requests on behalf of Ukrainian intelligence agency compromised by Kremlin. Wow, that's a mouthful. Okay, so let's slow this down. So the Ukrainian intelligence agency is going to the FBI and being like, we want these ideas censored. And they're like, you got it, boss. Meanwhile, it was actually the Russians facilitating it. How incredible is this? A new report released by the House Committee on the Judiciary and the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government has revealed that the FBI under Joe Biden facilitated censorship requests to American social media companies on behalf of a Ukrainian intelligence agency infiltrated by Russian aligned actors. Okay, uh, let me try to wrap my head around this. Does that mean the people who are getting, who are doing the censorship are actually Russian uh, uh, useful idiots? I have no idea. No, no, so this, this story is <laughs> Russians pretending to be Ukrainians yes. got the FBI to censor people. So that means the people being censored were being censored at the request of Russians. Joe Biden, his administration... Inadvertently colluded with the Russians to silence Americans. Yeah, Joe Biden's a Russian puppet, and I think I can say that with full maybe sincerity. Maybe since the 80s. Because, well, maybe, here's so the thing. Soviet puppet. Pe people, people accuse <laughs> Donald Trump of having been a Russian puppet. I don't believe that's true, but if he wanted to choose to be a Russian puppet, he could have been. The thing about Joe Biden He'd is he's in a very too. precarious <laughs> position because it's very easy to become a puppet when you don't have a brain. And anyone who sends him any information that is vetted by the people around him who supposedly care about him, who I also don't think are necessarily the brightest minds this country has to offer, can get him to say and do things that are very much not in line with the interests of this country. So yeah, Joe Biden censoring people on the behest of a, a foreign power because there was misinformation spread by that foreign power that eventually I, reached him is not exactly a shocking thing. But I, I just want to point out once again, the Democrats were the ones doing what they were accusing yeah. the Republicans of doing. It's projection. Yep. As usual. Beyond projection. <laughs> also, uh, smash the FBI into a thousand pieces and scatter it to the winds. Just saying. Just an idea. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah that sounds good to I, me. I, I, I guess, guess the larger question is, what do we do to solve a problem like this? What do you think? I have no idea. We can't Come on, you got it. it needs to be you. You have to figure this oh, out wow. for us right the now. Pressure. Pressure's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea, but I mean, you're right. I mean, he's a puppet anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, you could get him to do just about anything, but that's interesting that they've got it framed like that. The that FBI was, was working on behalf of the Russians? Right. Mm -hmm. that's wow. That's insane. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, isn't it? Maybe the real goal is to deflect the U.S. away from what China is doing. I mean, that's... <laughs> the Russians are working with China. Yeah. The Russians want us preoccupied. Maybe everything they're doing is a distraction so that China can move on Taiwan, which is substantially more important strategically than Ukraine is to Russia. Yeah. Before all those new chip fabs can, get, can be built in the desert. Yeah. And then think about this. The people who get censored on social media tend to be right wing mm -hmm. and tend to oppose the war in Ukraine. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Why yeah. would Russia want these particular individuals censored unless they were targeting the left or liberals or something like that? 
It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what those what those censorship requests were. What what was censored uh, at the behest of, I guess, now Russian moles and Ukrainian intelligence, which is such a crazy statement to make. But this is amazing. The SBU, this is Russian intelligence, sent the FBI lists of thousands of social media accounts accused of spreading Russian disinformation, which the U.S. agency then distributed to social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Holy crap! Wow, compromised by Russia. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> Not on the bingo card. <laughs> yeah, we, we've honestly developed a very strange view of Russia over the past five or six years. You guys remember about 10 years ago when Mitt Romney said that Russia was going to become a massive geopolitical threat and everyone laughed at him. And, yeah. and to be fair, rightly so, Mitt Romney is to be laughed at. But <laughs> this was something that even the left thought was ridiculous at that time. And then as soon as it became politically advantageous to them to start blaming Russia for everything, they did. And they haven't stopped. They have not stopped. And now we have uh, the Biden administration, I guess, maybe changing their tune on that. Of course, inadvertently, it seems. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've been saying that ironically for a while, but the more and more that you talk about it potentially being China and Russia essentially playing playing blocker for it, that's what I kind of think is happening. It's unfortunate, but that's what I think is happening. We talked about World War Three. I guess the question is, is all of this a distraction or what will lead up to, say, the invasion of Taiwan, which is really going to kick things off? Yeah. I, I There's part of me that's, that thinks that regardless of what happens, uh, what the Chinese do in, in relation to Taiwan, the U.S. can't really do anything about it. I, as far, I mean, this is, you know, this is an un... Uh, unexpert opinion because i'm not i'm not a, a geopolitical uh, expert or anything but i just don't see the united states you know having the the wherewithal to actually go to you know have any kind of combat in in the south china sea over taiwan if i understand correctly we're you know we don't have the munitions the u.s military power is 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 down 25%, I think, is the, the recruitment goal that they were down last year, that they missed it by. Um, overall, I don't know exactly which branch had, had what the deficit was for each branch, but they're not making recruitment goals. They're sending all of the bombs and, and stuff that we have over to Ukraine, and our stores of, of munitions have, have run low, if right. I understand correctly. So but, I, that's, but that's also just good for a lot of like the military-industrial complex, because they want to make new ones. Yeah, but what they I'm saying is I don't see how... The, I, that's true, and I agree with you, but I don't see how, how the U.S. is in a position to to actually engage in any kind of defense of Taiwan, especially if we're what amounts to a two front war at least logistically like we don't mm -hmm. have right. you know people on the front lines in the ukraine but we're you know sending munitions to the ukraine as if we're engaged in it so a two front logistical war i don't see the u.s being able to handle that well i i mean i can't speak too much to like the tactics or what we have with respect to you know munitions or anything like that but what I'm curious about is how the United States would be able to get enough people to uh, sign up to fight in any of these wars. 
Um, I, I think a lot of the people who are supporting the Russia-Ukraine war are, are, are not people who are going to enlist for combat roles in the U.S. military. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if China were to invade Taiwan, there's probably more people who would be willing to enlist to fight that war. But I, I can't imagine enough people for that to be a possible reality who would be willing to sign up. So the question is, what does the government do? I mean, how does the government get people to enlist if, if this happens? The moment there becomes a true existential threat to the United States, all of these leftists are going to start screaming, good, the Amer America is bad and it, and it shouldn't exist anyway. Think so? Yeah, they're not going to fight anything. They're going to be like, yay. Yeah. Or run. Or or what they'll do is they'll demand that other people fight it for them. This is, this is something kind of remarkable, too. When you, you look at how much we've... Uh, stratified as a nation, how much we've broken apart, how little people see themselves as part of a common project anymore. When you look at what happened on 9-11, you know, New York City was attacked and a bunch of guys from the South signed up to fight a war because of it. Do you think that Southerners would, would enlist to fight a war if New York got attacked today. I think fewer of them probably would. I think we don't see ourselves because at that time it was understood that was an attack on the, on our nation. I think today we don't really see ourselves as a unified whole. And I think if one part of the country got attacked, way fewer people would feel as if it was an attack on our entire country and they would just see it as an isolated attack on that group of people. I don't think we view ourselves the same way we did in 2001 with respect to national loyalty. I don't think we see ourselves as as loyal. And also, I think whether we would sympathize uh, with them enough to like enlist in some kind of conflict or whether people in other parts of the country would is also going to be highly dependent on who attacks them. I, I agree with you pre-attack. Mm -hmm. I think that the temperament of the most people in the U.S. would change post a dramatic mm. attack. That's I think that, that your assessment is correct. Like the way that the the the, the stratification of the the population of the U.S. Has, has gone in the past twenty years. I think you're you're dead on. But I do think that a massive attack that claims a lot of lives or is dramatic would change. Now I don't think that it would have the same. You don't think there'd be any change at all? Nope. I do. Yeah. I still. Everybody I, I thought still that COVID so. would unite the country. They're like, oh man, this this virus. No way. Yeah, well, I think what I think what might end up happening is there would just be like competing narratives on which political party was to blame. Even if it was a foreign nation that attacked us, people on the left would say this is because the right wasn't too uh, wasn't hawkish enough. People on the right would say this is because the left wasn't serious enough about the threat. I think it would become a culture warish. I think it would become Absolutely. left versus right. If New York got attacked today, the the left would come out and be like the right wasn't taking Russia seriously, and we've been screaming, and the right would be like, oh screw you, you know what you're talking about. You escalated you tensions. Yeah, you were the ones who were causing the fighting in Ukraine. We were trying to tell you to stop. We're not defending you. This is your problem. You cleaned it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think. I mean, when it comes to Taiwan, I think the the main reason that people that China wants Taiwan is also it's partly for like political gain inside inside China to be able to say like oh we've united China like you meant to for a long time it could be she like all the Chinese presidents for years had like their crowning achievement it could be what he's using to like you know uh, leave the leave with his good legacy but they need the chip fabrication that's the valuable part and that's so easy to to tamper with to destroy it could be done with by Taiwanese people inside the country immediately I don't I don't I know Taiwan or uh, Ukraine is important for the warm water port for Russia. 
I, I don't know. I just, I just, I think Taiwan as, as, as much as I hate to say it, you know, like it, I don't know if people would be willing to go and jump for that war just as much as they wouldn't be willing to jump for Ukraine. It'd be the same kind of debt stalemate. People aren't going to want to go do it. Yeah. Well, I think also when you look at the country in 2001, people were all willing to come together and uh, agree that Al Qaeda was uh, an enemy, that they were a real existential threat. Uh, obviously, we all believe that that was misapplied in retrospect when you look at the wars we went to. But today, whether you're talking about Russia or you're talking about China, for the most part, the American people have no agreement on who their enemy is other mm -hmm. than to agree that our enemy is one another. Yep. Yeah, That's what the true. American people yep. believe today. That's how we what see did, the country. What we did, are what each Trump other's say? enemy. Trump said that the threat is not China. It's within our own country. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Let's uh, let's jump to the story we got from, uh, from the post-millennial. We'll talk some domestic politics, my friends. We are entering, we are entering the beginning of the presidential cycle. So you did have a bunch of announcements. We've seen rallies, but oh boy, this is where things start to heat up, especially as we get into the next several months when the primary races are going to get hot because early next year, I believe, is when we're going to see all the, the primary votes actually happen. So the ads are going to start popping up right now. And here's the latest. Trump currently holds a 39% lead among GOP voters nationwide. What I find truly fascinating is wow. the rate at which Vivek Ramaswamy is skyrocketing. They say with Trump at 59%, DeSantis at 17, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is now at number three with 8% and rising. I'm curious what you guys think. I think Trump's got it in the bag. I do think I want to add to this in terms of the Democratic race. It is fascinating that there even is one. There should not be. The precedent for this is that Joe Biden as president is just going to run again. And there's no primary, but there is a primary. And get this. RFK Jr. is polling higher comparably with the Democrats than DeSantis is with the Republicans. That I find really interesting. It's not a one-for-one -one correlation, but DeSantis, as probably the leading Republican politician in the country, like Trump's not in office right now, and there's nobody else who's got anything close to him, can't get that close to Trump. RFK is at 20% hmm. doing better in the polls as a non-politician, presumably because of how bad Joe Biden is doing, which I find fascinating. So how are you feeling? Are you riding with Biden? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but it is interesting uh, because I, I feel like there's not that many people that have been. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know when I hear what's I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Ramaswamy? Yeah, Vivek. I know. What is what is Trump calling? Yeah, I don't think he calls him anything. I he hasn't got a name yet. Oh, yeah. OK. OK. I thought we did. think it's going to be Ramaswampy. When is, yeah. Yeah, when, when is Trump going to christen <laughs> I him? I heard that. Yeah. But, but he's not he's not an establishment uh, guy, so oh, I don't know. Man. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. But I like Vivek, I, and I, I think I'm wondering if Vivek ends up in second place in the in the GOP primary because the dude, if you've seen these viral clips of him, he is hitting it out of the park. Yeah, he's there's a smooth a, talker. There's a viral clip where a woman starts yelling about the Republicans being evil, and I, and a bunch of people get up, and start yelling at her, and he's like, no, 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 let her come up, let her come up, let her speak, let her speak, and he's like, ma'am, I believe in the First Amendment. Please say what you had to say. Are you a mom? He's like, thank you for coming, thank you for sharing your thoughts, and the woman's like crying, and then she leaves. Vivek knows how to handle this stuff. Trump knows how to handle the press. In his way, Vivek knows how to handle them in a very clean and tactful way. So I'm, I'll be really interested in, in seeing what happens um, as time goes on because Vivek is, is starting to he's starting to pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I appreciate that's being acknowledged here is that in order for any presidential candidate to really be successful or worthwhile, they have to understand that the media is their enemy and they have to know how to combat them. Well, Donald Trump doesn't seem to get that. 
He the media is his enemy? Yeah, he can call the fake press all day and night, but he keeps giving them interviews and one-on-ones and they secretly record them and then leak it to the government. He gets arrested for it. Come on. Well, it's funny. Dude, he knows they're there. He know, but I think he also engages with this in such a way that if they air footage of him saying something he wishes they hadn't recorded him saying, he, uses it. he can just use it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and then he can also call the reporter a mean name or something. And it just ends <laughs> up being way worse optically for the person who released the audio. True, true, fair. I'm really interested to see how Vivek handles this stuff. Because he's not a politician. He's got no record. He has ideas. I like his ideas. I like his attitude. He was talking, uh, I saw one video uh, today where he was talking about how he would end the war in Ukraine. And I'm like, these are bold and direct statements to make. He said he would, he would have like an armistice with Russia where they would, it, would, it would divide the country like Korea. He would then demand in exchange for these territories. They cease their military alliance with China because of how big a threat them and China have become, especially with the BRICS nations, etc. And I'm like, Typically, politicians give wishy-washy answers because they don't want to be overtly direct. And Vivek is just coming out and saying it. Mm -hmm. I like I, I've said this before. I, I think that Vivek is is nothing but a uh, positive addition. I don't think that he has a significant chance of actually being the nominee, but I do think that his position on the debate stage is going to make a lot of people. Make commitments and and discuss topics that yeah. you know establishment candidates would never touch, and I think that's extremely good. What about VP Ramaswamy? You think that could happen? Interesting. I think so. I don't. DeSantis is impossible at this point. I, I they they hate they hate each other too much. Yeah. yeah. I think he's running. I think that's what he's kind of running for is a position. I don't feel like Vivek really thinks he's gonna, he can win. I feel like he's running for to. And he to, has to, he, can't, he can't admit that. I mean, obviously. Sure. Okay. No. No. Obviously not. No. Um. But I think that he's running for you know a position in cabinet or maybe VP or something like that. But he's running to to you know raise his star in in DC and and I do think that oh, he's got a good argument and there's good reasons for him to be running and, and I, so i think it's a, a, a you know positive i think a trump rfk to a trump kennedy ticket hits it out of the park yeah mm. i think you would see tremendous I, margins yeah with rfk polling 20 percent in the on the democrat side if trump was like i'm gonna give you guys the guy you wanted he, he could theoretically poll let's just say half of that let's say half of the democrats polled in favor of, of RFK, that's 10% of Democrat voters voted for Trump. Uh, Trump wins, no, no, no question. Well, mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting, right? Because I, I've mentioned some of my issues with RFK in the past. That said, he has the Kennedy name. He, he's, he has this unique advantage of having a dynastic name Son while also being anti-establishment. I like that word, so, dynastic. I mean, it is. He, he, he's, got, he's part of this political family. He's a Kennedy. He's not just a total outsider in the sense that the American people have no reason to be familiar with him. But he also is an outsider in the ways that are meaningful to the American people. Mm, yeah, true. He's got a bunch of dumb tweets. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he, 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 <laughs> yeah. he was like, what did he call the NRA terrorists or something? Yeah, I like People that are sharing that stuff. I like but, that but I'm not bothered by it. Yeah, look, I, I just like I said, I disagree with him on a lot. Uh, I wouldn't vote for him as a, yeah. a candidate. But that said, he does have this unique advantage. I'll acknowledge that. I don't know. I might vote in the Democrat primaries and, and for RFK. I mean, I, 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 I like the idea of I think an RFK leadership in the Democratic Party forcefully realigns it in, in, a, in, in, a, in a positive way for this country. Uh, I think, again, I, I would I would agree with that in a, a sort of cautious way. 
like I said, there's a lot RFK believes in that I think is really bad. But when you look at how awful the Democratic Party is right now, he would absolutely be an improvement. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. even if RFK on a, on a scale of negative to 100 to positive 100 is a yeah. negative 10. Negative 10 is a huge I agree. No, I agree with you. Democrat Party. I totally agree with you. Reluctantly. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know, I, we, I was talking about Trump in 2020, and my and and I've had these libertarians be like, "But are you really going to vote for the lesser of two evils?" And I'm like, "I don't think Trump's evil. I I, I give him a net positive score. I mean, the foreign policy well, was tremendous. That's because it's, it's, the libertarians' perspective, like they're expecting you to see things like a libertarian. Exactly, that's what exactly. Well, like I, 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 I think on. the libertarians. It's because it's the archaic view of the two parties. But Trump was an insurgent who came in with yeah. a different perspective. Well, also, and I. Dude, when people say that to me, it's like, so I should vote for the lesser of three evils and pick your candidate? <laughs> right. I don't like the Libertarian either. Yeah. yeah. That, Sometimes I will. But. I, I, I like the Libertarian Party. I like the Mises Caucus. Where is their announcement? Mm -hmm. Come on, guys. What's going on? Where who, Who's running? We, the Democrats and the Republicans are in full swing. The Libertarians got to get going. Mm. I don't know if they're going to I like have, the Libertarian Party, but come on. I don't know if they're going to have a candidate. Why do, you, why do you think? Because uh, they because no one's announced. Uh, there was talk about Dave Smith. Well, there yeah exactly. There was talk about Dave, but I don't think that Dave's gonna do it. I, I this is just a, a vibe. I haven't I have no inside information or anything. But he if he was gonna announce, I feel like he would have announced already. Yeah, I agree. So and and you know it wouldn't be this coy if wishy washy maybe stuff. Yeah, it would be like we're in full swing. We'd we'd at the very least be be seeing him do more, do more. Because right before everybody announces, they start ramping things up. You can see the gears in motion. And we're like, oh, it looks like they're going to announce. Like even Ron DeSantis, they were like, next week it's going to happen. Then rumors circulated. Then sources say. And then finally he announced. Mm -hmm. We've got nothing from the libertarians so far. But, mm -hmm. but what I was saying about Trump in 2020 is like, you know, look, I'm looking at him. Uh, the school choice I'm in favor of. I'm looking at his banning the wokeness in government contracting because it violates the Civil Rights Act, agree with that, and foreign yep. policy. I thought it was fantastic. And so I'm like, I'm not looking at Trump as the lesser of two evils. I'm looking at, at him as like a small net positive. No new wars, mm -hmm. withdraw, withdraw from Afghanistan, Abraham Accords, massively net positive. So I'm like, if you were to do the Trump presidential quotient and took all of the different elements of, of the presidency, there's a lot of different categories where Trump is negative. And there's a lot where he's positive that leads us to, on a scale of minus 100 to 100, Trump might be at a six. And I'm like, so I'm not here to praise the man and scream he's the greatest guy who ever lived or anything like that, or God emperor or anything like that. I'm just like, you know, I get enough from it. I don't feel like I'm voting for a net negative. I feel like the foreign policy stuff was, was, was good for us. And there are, of course, some, some negative areas. But overall, we got a great economy. I can't blame the president for COVID. I can criticize him for his policies. Uh, lockdown support in the beginning. I can criticize him for uh, uh, not firing Fauci. Mm -hmm. But look, I got to say this at the time, I didn't know better, better either. So it's like, those are those are slightly net negatives. True. But overall, we had three great years. Plus, they put weights on his legs. Mm -hmm. now yes, I, now that's exactly it. I look at RFK. That's huge. RFK Jr. I see a lot of really great things in terms of calling out the establishment, massive multinational corporations. He's got, he said stupid things in the past I disagree with. I disagree with him on some of his, his takes uh, as of recent. Of course, of course. But like I was saying, like wh wherever you view him on the scale of negative to positive, he is a dramatic improvement from the Democratic Party. So I'm, I would be interested in seeing him be the new leader of, of the Democratic Party. That is say, I, I don't know how the rules work where I currently am at. Some states require you to be a registered member of the party if you're going to vote in the primary. Some have open primaries. I don't like to inject myself 
into like, you know, I wouldn't, I, I don't consider myself a Democrat. I don't want to go to the Democratic Party and vote in a primary. I don't do that in Republican primaries. However, considering how substantial and important it is, I, I'm, I'll consider voting in the, in the primary for RFK. Hmm. I, I like just the, the dramatic improvement over the, Demo- like the rest of the Democrats. This guy works out. Yeah. I mean, wow, talk about body positivity. Well, then I guess the, the question for you, right, since you're more... You know that makes more, you a far-right extremist, right? Yeah, does, yeah. Hey, great. Put well, a far-right extremist in the Democratic Party. Let me ask the far-right uh, Democratic question. Um, since you are more moderate, then I guess the question is, what matters to you more, a good Democratic candidate or a good Republican candidate? Good Democrat. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus when we're looking at a democrat and a republican on the debate stage Mm -hmm. Imagine the cultural shift that will happen if on strong cultural issues, it's RFK versus Trump. And they're like, we agree. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're talking uh, about. Yeah, I think there's truth in that. Because if because if because a lot of these people on the left will be like, we hate Trump so much. We're going to agree with RFK and it's going to force more positive cultural elements mm-hmm. onto right. the debate stage. Biden's going to say crackpot crazy stuff to defend leftists and whatever on, he can man. get, whatever he can get from from the media. If they're forced into having RFK on the stage. Let me just say this. You guys ever see that uh, uh, Rogan episode with RFK where he said he was concerned about potentially being assassinated? Yes. I'm not surprised he said that. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. he's, 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 he's a stark opposition. 20% in the polls. Yeah. There's a real opportunity to realign the Democratic Party in a mm-hmm. positive way. That doesn't mean you have to vote for RFK for president, to be completely honest. I would, I would probably love to see a, a Trump Kennedy ticket, to be completely honest. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I think that'd be, that'd be something interesting. Something I like interesting. the I like the the anti-establishment bent on it. Um, and whoever is most likely to do significant, or who is whoever's most likely to do damage to the bureaucracy, like cutting jobs, cutting parts of the bureaucracy. I'm not talking about like small changes. I'm talking cut, you know, you know, actual cabinet level bureaucracy stuff just get rid of them anyone that'll do that i'll vote for yeah you know i i would i would love to talk with rfk and be like will you commit to firing all of these bureaucrats <laughs> yeah. and setting term limits for government employees yeah. I, I think he would i, I think, think he, i think so too yeah uh I, I i i do i do if anyone in the dems is gonna do it it'll be him yeah like, he's the only one yeah like, literally literally, literally. yeah and everyone, everyone else that's run like or, or that is is running, they're all going to increase the size of government. You know, I'm not a, a, a member of the Libertarian Party, but small government is something that is, in my opinion, extremely important because it allows for, you know, different areas to make their own, you know, make their own rules. The, the, the intent of the of the United States is to have a bunch of different experiments in, in democracy and to have, you know, federal level arguments for most of the things that we fight about is completely pointless and unnecessary. So uh, we're going to go to Super Chats, and I'm going to start by reading this one from We Are Change. He says, Joe Exotic for Libertarian President with McAfee VP. Let's go. Plus, Seamus is a dirty statist. So the first thing is, 
the implication here is that uh, McAfee is alive. And the other question is... He's not. Uh, hey, hey, uh, hey, Luke, uh, how you feeling about DeSantis these days, huh? Mr. Luca Cassie comes on the show and be like, I don't like politicians, but man, DeSantis is doing a really great job. He's the best, and I'm really excited about him, and Trump's not good, and oh. Fauci and all that stuff. Uh, genuine question. I wonder where what Luke's position is on DeSantis now. Uh, only because what we've seen is, despite the fact that DeSantis has probably the best track record of any Republican politician in the country, he has not done well in the press. His, his press team has handled things miserably. And unfortunately for DeSantis, what's exacerbating it is his base is incredibly angry yeah mm. it's yeah. like you I, i'll tweet something in defense of DeSantis, and they'll still start attacking and insulting me hmm. in fact they're even doing they're still doing it in the comments like i said a mean word about the guy all day and they're still insulting me bro i will not vote for the guy mm -hmm. y'all are nuts well i think that maybe those people should be attacking and insulting luke instead of attacking and insulting you <laughs> that's a good point it's a good point yeah. uh i'm interested in to see where ron DeSantis goes i'm not going to blame DeSantis for what his bad press team is doing but i do think it's fair to uh criticize DeSantis on who he's hired and their inability to 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 properly manage this. I think his record speaks for itself. If you look at Florida and see how well they've done in terms of how, what their COVID response was, how they've handled culture war issues, that is that that is a that is something good to vote for. The problem is his press team has been apocalyptic and that reflects poorly on him. But uh, let's read some super chats. And I'm curious to see what uh, Luke's stance on DeSantis is. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, if we're going to have a nuclear World War III, at least we know we can take down a number one business. Our U.S. leaders care not about human lives. May those who lead go down as hard and as fast as Anheuser uh, M. Imbev. <laughs> F them. Yeah. Also, smash that like button and become a member at TimCast.com because the members only show will be coming up in about 25 minutes on the front page of TimCast.com. Here we go. Polite Rude Guy says, I filed a lawsuit in Texas challenging gay marriage in America. Here is the case number. I can't read that whole number. The federal government is violating my Texas rights. Interesting, interesting. Actually, you know, I'm going to read this anyway, because, uh, Seamus, you want to write this down? Based, yeah. It is SA23CA08510G. I'd be interested into looking that up and seeing what your argument is, because that's a tough argument. How, how something someone else does infringes upon your rights. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It depends on what um, Oberfell, uh, was it, is it Obergfell? Is it? Obergfell, yeah. Obergfell. Uh, it depends on what, what that uh, uh, actually is, 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 is arguing. Because if it's an issue of churches can't discriminate, then the government, you know, w w it'll be interesting to see what the argument is. Here we go. Joe Spinella says, per Dr. Peter Zihan, the dollar isn't going anywhere, and how BRICS is being backed by gold isn't the same way our currency uh, once was. BRICS will still go through using the dollar. Interesting. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I've heard that. I've, I heard that from him before. Yeah. Doss Wood says, if you make the like button a child, I bet the Dems would smash it. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. That was brutal. Yikes. <laughs> Woo. Freely Ashley says, awesome to see Haley on. Love her and her work. Thanks, Ashley. Right on. Belly Flop has a question for Ian, uh, who's not here, so this, it'll, it'll, you'll just have to answer this one. All right. Yeah, Phil. Get it, Phil. Ian, last night you mentioned getting aggressive. Seemed like you were trying to find the right word. I think that word is intense. You get intense. Yeah, you know, sometimes uh, I will just think about graphene. <laughs> and, it gets me uh, so angry. And it'll get me worked up because if, if other people understood the implications of using graphene and... and and getting carbon out of the air, then, you know, we could really move society along. 20. 
<laughs> 20 right there, Ian. Cheers. We Are Change says, he did a really good job in Florida during COVID, but horrible foreign policy. So what, what is that? Is Luke changing his tune? Is that is that? Is well, that he going? is change. What else did you expect? Oh. Uh -oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puke, we are strange Whoa. in the chat, insulting me all show. <laughs> you, you stay up all night thinking that one? What can we expect? That took me a while. I had to write some material this last week. No, it just came to me really effortlessly. Because, you know, when, when Luke's on the show, I'm not spamming the chat the whole time insulting him. I guess I have better things to fill Luke, my Luke time. Luke likes to get on the internet and throw some mud. That's right. He does. That's all. all right. We'll read this. Uh, William Tresh says, my law firm has a franchise group working with franchisers nationwide. If you're interested for Casper, I do general business law and can help members form entities for their projects. So the challenge we're facing is coffee's up and running. The, uh, the new, the curd cups, the new blends are coming out very soon. It takes several weeks to launch. It took us months to launch in the first place. The building we have, historic building, requires a lot of work and it's taking forever, unfortunately. But uh, we're getting there, and it is what it is. Once we have the first location set up, I think we're instantly going to go for franchises because that's the fastest way to rapidly expand. And I got a feeling we can have like 10 or 12 stores opened up within like six months. We can even do like investor stuff where people want to open franchises and have an experience. Let's say you are like a manager for a couple different coffee chains in your area, and you would rather run your own. We could, you know, we, we could, I, I should say this very potentially. We would be interested in, if legal and possible, financing someone opening their own set of chains and things like that. Because my, my, my goal with this is, and I'll tell you this right now, guys. First thing they tell you in business, never say what I'm about to say to anyone who you might work with. I am not interested in money. You say that and all your investors walk out the door and say it was really great meeting you. Because no one expects to make any money if you don't want to. But I don't. What I want is a success, successful business that can survive, that will be able to stay open, that will be able to make enough to pay the bills, pay the employees a good rate, make a little bit on top for a rainy day fund, but function. I want a, I want a bunch of businesses that can survive and exist and have a positive impact on culture. They need to make money to do that. But my priority is not to become a billionaire from a coffee chain. Don't care about that. So we, so when we launch these franchises, I think we're going to have like ridiculously favorable terms in terms of revenue. And the only thing I'm concerned about is enough off the top so that we can have a fund to help any one of the franchises should they fall in hard times and we can keep them stay, staying open. So it's all it's all a beautiful pipe dream as of right now until we actually get the ball rolling. Perhaps the first thing we should do, we don't even need a location, is start discussing with someone the basic format, style guide and structure of what a franchise should be, what makes it a franchise and... Uh, that's where we're at for now. Um, we're talking with some people about, potential, uh, about potentially running this. And uh, uh, when that happens, maybe then uh, we'll, we'll, get, the, we'll get, the, uh, get the ball rolling. Get the ball rolling. We will grab some more Super Chats. Callan Shaw Indie Game says, just get the Federal Reserve to start printing BRICS dollars instead of USD. Checkmate. Uh, <laughs> it's called counterfeiting when you do it to someone else's and, currency. <laughs> that's right. But North Korea does it. Apparently, yeah, like, true. yeah, North yeah. Korea has like a masterful USD printing thing. So they're just making money anyway. Maybe they were the ones who did it. Maybe they're the ones who crashed the dollar. <laughs> George M says post World War Three currency will be chickens and spoons. <laughs> hey, sir, can you break a chicken for a dozen spoons? I need exact change. In all seriousness, people need not fear being poor. Richness of character cannot be bought. Well, you know what they say. Um, I don't know what currency will be used in World War Three, but for World War Four, it's going to be chickens and spoons. <laughs> famous quote. You know what? What's what's fascinating is today, 
Uh, Wineberry season is coming to an end. So uh, most of the wineberries have begun to rot and fall off. We've harvested a whole bunch. We made wineberry cookies. We made wineberry candy. It's, it's like, a, like a chewy candy. It tastes really pretty good. good. It, you tried it? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty you good. You forced me to. Yeah. Like, have some. I was like, I don't want it. You're like, have it. Yeah. Ah. And, and, and then, you know, I was like raising my fist. And, and um, then your spoons went missing. Cookies were really good. <laughs> we also today we made uh, Roberto Jr. coffee cookies. We used the Roberto Jr. coffee. Those are awesome. And then we we uh, I made espresso with it and oh, then use it to make cookies. They're really good. They're yeah, really good. good. Yeah, we made a crispy and a fluffy one. But um, the reason I bring this up, I'm riding. I, I, I come up to the studio before the show. I ride up on my little electric motorcycle. And, yo, there are berries everywhere. There's blackberries. We got Allegheny blackberry. We got another one. I forgot what it's called. It's another kind of blackberry. We've got wine berries everywhere. We have, this is the craziest thing. There is a tree with probably 5,000 grapes on it. I can't, I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. It's just, you look up and you're, they're not big enough to eat yet. And I'm just like, holy crap. And there's grapes everywhere. I don't, I don't know what's up with this property. Cause the other Freedomistan where we're building a bunch of stuff out, ain't no food there at all. Mm -mm. But we got pawpaw, massive pawpaw. These are, these are like, there's so much food here and there's ridiculous amount of deer and turkey everywhere. There's a ridiculous amount of deer out there. Yeah. yeah like, you'll, you'll, you'll go outside and there'll be like 12. <laughs> 12 of them. Yeah. I'm like, dude, worst case scenario, we got too much food. Too much. <laughs> yeah. Too, too, too bountiful, you know? Yeah, I'm going to bring like a bucket and just go grab a whole bunch for myself. You well, I keep telling mad. people to get the wine berries because they're going bad. Yeah, they're about to. Yeah, and so we, we juiced a whole bunch and we're, uh, we're making wineberry syrup. Nice. We juiced them and then we made... We, we took the juice. We had a little bit of water to it so you could drink it. It was really good. And uh, right now, the blackberries are starting to come in. Then we have green briar, which I'm not super familiar with, but apparently you can eat. Then we have grapes. Green yeah, yeah, it's a vine. And uh, look it up. Greg Greenbrier. Uh, mulberries are, stay in, are staying for a, for a while. It's just, it's, my point is this, man. Delicious. We're talking about conflict, crisis, lack of food, going poor, the currency and all that stuff. Bro, if you learn to actually live the way people were supposed to live, and it's funny because we can we can take the WEF hippy dippy corporate stance of like being in tune with nature or whatever, <laughs> however whatever you want to call it, I think it's a net positive. If people were living outside of cities and responsible for their own consumption and refuse, at least to a small degree, the world would be a better place for one simple reason teaching people responsibility yep. yeah true that's what's lacking people live in these cities and they're like i'm gonna go downstairs and i'm going to have check this out imagine what it takes to make a modern american dish it's like yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have a uh, uh, chicken I'm, I'm gonna have some kind of like a uh, uh, thai chicken with peanuts shrimp chicken pineapple avocado cilantro and i'm like bro you basically pull a plant from every different part of the world Ship it all to your city, a tremendous amount of resources, and then eat like a king. It's true. A gluttonous one. You go to these actual countries where people eat steamed chicken and rice. Very, very basic food. But it's kind of crazy when you think how, you know, I, I, I walked into a supermarket in New York in dead of winter and there's avocados. And I'm just like, that's wild. That's crazy. Makes they no grew them in Mexico and drove them all the way up here. Yep. But people don't, they're so spoiled by luxury. Yes. So I'm just like, one of the best things politically for this country would be if people actually learn to live with nature. Yeah, definitely. Farming, I mean, even even if ten percent of their food came from themselves, seriously, they would they would 
take things more seriously. Yeah, if you think about like apples, like apples are like uh, frozen for a year. If you see them on like the on the shelf today, they've been frozen for one year. That's no, that's crazy. That can't be. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've, I've heard that apples that are put onto a lot of shelves have been in, in cryo and freezed for quite some time. I think it's up to a maybe. Year. I mean, but we have apple farms all over the place here. Yeah, there was one. Here. There was one for sale. Super cool. It was oh, an, right. apple an apple farm. farm. Yeah, for sale for like a million dollars. And I was just like, if I could own an apple farm, but I can't. But uh, yeah, you go, you, you can go uh, fruit picking out here because they have the farms where they let you come and just take it. And you get like a little thing and you grab the apples off. We have apple trees on the property. We have three of them. There's too many. Mm. There's too many apples. Yeah. We got like 30 people who work here. We can't, we can't get enough apples to feed everybody. It's <laughs> insane. Like, you, well, for one thing, like nobody can eat 12 apples in one day. No, you don't want to. Yeah. Your next, yeah, your, your evening be. and next day will be bad. <laughs> that is not, that not is very unadvisable. Hey, you will <laughs> eat the apples and you will be happy. <laughs> you will not be happy. It's a lot of fiber. Don't do it. It is kind of crazy though, because we got critters up the wazoo. Like we got bad critters, but uh, I went to, I went to, um, I think it was Stonewall Jackson's headquarters in Virginia. I think it was Jackson. I'm not sure. And in the kitchen, they had a, uh, a smooth bore musket above the stove and then i was just like is that decoration what's that for and they're like nope it's a critter gun the chef would open the back door and wait for a critter shoot it and then throw it in the stew wow <laughs> wow <Wild>. yeah <laughs> yeah it's could like, you imagine like in your backyard i see a groundhog bang there he goes dinner's on yeah. like we, we we consider it to be like hillbilly you know like mm. you know ma we got dinner. You What's know? weird that we like make fun of people for doing normal things the way they were always doing. You know what that is? That's literally just rich people being snobby and laughing at people who do things normally. Yeah. Like, oh, his food comes from outside. <laughs> <laughs> yes. From outside. <laughs> he, he gets his own food from nature. You oh. had to clean that yourself. Hops <laughs> and Bruce says we need an official Tim Cast spoon in the merch store. <laughs> it should be it should, it should have Seamus's face on the end too falsely accused Seamus falsely accused no Seamus. way this now I'm buying it now Tim's Tim's uh, you just you sound insane you've started a movement of other crazy people that's the real cult it was really funny because uh when we were like yo Seamus you have our spoons like oh yeah I'll grab him and it was like not a big deal and then Seamus walked upstairs and as he's like handing us a, a, like a, a like three or four spoons he was like an irish man lives under my house and he keeps stealing my spoons but no one believes me and that made it a funny joke yeah i was like <laughs> look i know i told you no you sound insane you sound crazy you sound like no one insane. believes me he's, he's trying to make the story sound more rational at this point but it's still it's crazy you're the one that lives into the house who says who says i live into the house tim says that Tim says, actually, a lot of, actually, Tim says an Irishman stole his spoons. You're Irish. Actually, ethnically, yeah, but I'm American. See the flag behind me? What are you talking about? Like, I'm ethnically Irish. That's true. All right, we'll read some more uh, Super Chats. Sparky says, Tim, from year to year, the bug population fluctuates severely. So in many years, there won't be enough bugs to feed humanity alone. I won't be surprised, but uh, I will tell you this. One secret technique. You put wood, board wood, wood boards down in your chicken coop. And then every day, you pick them up and move them. And you know what happens? There are bugs under them, and the chickens eat all the bugs, and they turn the bugs into eggs. Into eggs, yeah. It's one you of their many know, talents. One of the funniest, things. the funniest things about having chickens is how the hens are ravenous and the roosters are chill. And it's probably because the hens are like, they're craving food nonstop because their body makes eggs. Yeah. They're always pregnant. People so that like, don't right. have chickens don't realize how many eggs come out of chickens. Like, <laughs> you yeah, get a couple a chickens and your fridge is going to be full of eggs. But so like, when we do sushi, we take the leftovers, like the raw fish, and we'll just throw it in. And the roosters just watch and then look and they stare at it. And the hens 
just go nuts like like rugby. That's what we call it, rugby. And then like one will pick one up and they all chase after it and they're smashing into each other. It is crazy. They're insane. Ravenous little things. We'll grab some more super chats. Alex Bean says, Timcast rules, future culture war episode guest ideas, Trish from Teacher Therapy, and Joseph Everett from What I've Learned. Keep it up. Yeah, we want to we wanna have that uh, that Harry guy, Harry Sisson. Ugh. Come on, Harry. Uh, yeah. uh, but he won't do it. No, he not. never will. He never will. But it's, but it's because, I mean, come on, like, he's 20 years old. He really doesn't know a whole lot about policy. He doesn't know a whole lot about history or politics. He's just like a stock model. What is his talent agency like? We need someone who's young to convince young people to vote Democrat. You're hired. Pretty much. It's, it seems like it. So it's going to be sheltered. It's going to be controlled. There's going to be no yeah. free form conversation. Of course not. So when we're like, hey, it's, it's, a, raw, it's a raw two hour conversation. It's yeah. just like, whoa, 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 I can't do that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. We will grab some more. Eden Heidek says, Tim, YouTuber Lowai86 has a video where Chinese domestic press interviewed their army's CBRN warfare chief. Literally saying they're producing and will deploy ethnically targeted biological weapons. Wow. Ethnically targeted. That's wild. Can you imagine that? This is only going to affect white people or this is only going to affect <laughs> black people. Yeah, well, that's like which group too? Yeah, like, what you, like, like Scottish or English? Yeah. Or, in the United States, you have such a mixture right? of, of different groups, but yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I just, yeah it's it's going to be mulatto supremacy. <laughs> Mulatto. Uh, I just looked up that uh, Apple fact here that I gave out a minute ago. Um, it's from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's website. They say, and a lot of the average Apple uh, amount of apples being stored up to 14 months. So they often said nine to 12 months. So, yeah, just for everyone that's giving me, trust me, bro, in, <laughs> in the comments. Yeah. Come on. Cam Girl, as soon as it says, Tim, I want to talk with you. <laughs> Who? I want to talk with you all about <laughs> conflict sometime. You think peace is always better than war, and that isn't true. It's a huge blind spot of yours that should be addressed. Hit me up on the Discord anytime, public or private. I understand the concept. I mean, if you look at how the world is, conflict is a natural component of life. All of it. Animals and all life competing and conflicting and eating each other and destroying things. And I get it. I get it. Maybe there has to be some kind of conflict within humans. Otherwise, we become hedonistic lazy and uh we 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 had to fall apart yeah i mean th there is such a thing as like a just war in the sense that there are there might be reasons for a country to become involved but that doesn't mean that we should jump on every single war that the media tells us we need to join or become a part of um, I, I i love this which right here demoralize says let's see if tim can go one episode without triggering his desantis derangement syndrome <laughs> if i hear it one more time i'll unsub what i love about this is that like Every episode we do, we've got some kind of criticism of Trump, and not a single Trump supporter has been like, screw you, Tim, you've got Trump derangement syndrome. Like, we literally say, you're saying, like, he hired a bunch of bad people, he wouldn't fire Fauci, he wouldn't serve. And Trump supporters come on, and they still say, yeah, well, you know, we get it. But man, point out, like, a, a couple criticisms of DeSantis, and these people lose their minds. It's crazy. Like, I'll unsub if you criticize DeSantis one more time. <laughs> Biden's over there. Go hang out with them. Bro, we're going to criticize everybody. Like, it's, it's remarkable to me how our position has consistently been DeSantis has done a great job in Florida, but his PR team is bad. And he's done some bad things that have pissed me off. And they're like, well, for that, you, are, you have DeSantis derangement syndrome. 
By the way, sure. I wish yeah, I wish more of my fans would threaten to unsubscribe when Tim criticizes me with his insane false accusations. Why don't <laughs> if we? If I hear one comments? more accusation about Seamus being Irish, I swear I'll unsub. Not that. Well, that is a mean <laughs> thing to. But but when you say the thing about the spoons, where are my people at? Where's my audience at? Come on, guys, you're just letting him get away with it. Maybe we can, with every purchase of the Seamus coffee, a spoon comes with it. <laughs> Yeah, a scooper spoon. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. I totally like a little and then and then every time someone buys on him, he's like, "Oh, another spoon Seamus took for me." I know what you're doing. That's right. <laughs> and I'll be like, "If you received the Seamus coffee and there's a spoon on it, that spoon's mine." That's an, yeah, we're entitled to. And a like, recall. there'll be a little there'll be Send a little note being like, "You may have received the spoon, but it is not your property." We'll give like golden spoons out instead of golden tickets, and they can come <laughs> on a tour. <laughs> <laughs> if you receive a golden spoon, oh I actually gosh. don't think we can do that. But what you can't. Send spoons out the coffee? No, I don't think so. What if you do that on accident? Uh, how, how do you, how you would accidentally what? send a spoon out? I could figure it out. Not that it would. You can figure it out. It's by definition no longer an accident. Not necessarily. Maybe I solved a logical conundrum. Uh, <laughs> All right, we'll grab some more here. What Thank you, you Tim. <laughs> Shane Knox says, we were exporting energy under Trump. Do we not have enough oil to mine and sell to bricks? Yeah. We don't. I do not believe oil? we do. No, the, the exporting under Trump was under very specific context and circumstances. All these other countries had shut themselves down. And so we ended up with a bunch of oil producers who could not store what they had. They had too much. So we actually had to just offload as much as possible. However, I do believe we have more than enough energy for ourselves, especially with Alaska. Mm. And we should definitely be working towards that. Yeah. So theoretically, well, I'll put it this way. Theoretically, the answer is yes. Based on where we're at right now, we could be exporting. However, we want to keep the energy for ourselves, especially if BRICS is expanding. Yeah, so at least energy independent would be good. Jason Hutchison says, what did we do in Afghanistan for 20 years, but clear it out and make ready for China to move in? Yep. And now they're going after, uh, what is there, lithium? Good down luck. there. I wish yeah. them luck. Have you guys seen that video of all the kids mining the cobalt? Yes. So brutal. It is. I, I, you know, these urban liberal types, man, they would break down their, their worldview is predicated upon putting on blinders, ignoring the fact that they are colonist enslaver imperialists masquerading as humble, nice anti-racists. Yeah. But if you, if you go to them, I guarantee you say, Hey, we want you to stop using your computer, your iPhones, your cars. They're going to say, well, that's so stupid. You're dumb. It's like, I'm not saying it because of capitalism. I'm saying because you have slaves making it. Yeah. Stop buying the things that are made by slaves. They're going to be like, oh, no, I refuse. Zero accountability for anything right. ever. It's never ever about any kind of personal change they can affect in their own lives. And anytime they do affect like a personal change, it, it always happens to be something which is very economically convenient. So they'll say something like, well, I care about climate change. So like, I'm not going to have kids when they were already planning to not have kids. And you're like, okay, dude, stop. Like, Noah Yelverton says... Oh, no. Freedom tunes, more like free dem spoons. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I wouldn't need to because the spoons are already free. Tim has them. It's nonsense. <laughs> no, nah, I don't buy it. The Yeti says Vivek will likely be VP. Why? They probably like each other. And more importantly, Trump has zero ammo against this guy. I don't know. I, I Trump maybe, can literally maybe. make up ammo. Yeah, but Vivek is really good. So Trump will find something. But I don't know. In, in 2020, Trump wasn't that strong against against Biden. You, you'd think he had so much to go after. 
And people kept saying, well, it's because it's sad to go after Biden. That's why they chose him. I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> There's a lot of people it's sad to go after that Trump has gone after. Like, I think a lot of the people Trump Jeb. has gone after have been sad people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like Jeb, Jeb is a perfect example. Thank you for mentioning it because <laughs> he's like the quintessential example. He might even be sadder than Trump. Or no, I'm sorry, than Biden. Oh, yeah. It was, it was bad. Please clap. Please clap. That's all, all we had to do. That's when we laugh. Smile. Uh, what does it say? Smile, Emily. Seamus didn't steal your spoons, Tim. Thank He's you. been framed like a painting. Thank Freedom you. spoons isn't a thing. That's right. Thank you. Wow. Freedom spoons. <laughs> Thank you. So I, who, I really appreciate that. Did she say who stole the spoons then? I don't, excuse me, sir. That's not how a court of law works. I've been exonerated. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't have to give you the real spoon thief. My my bad. <laughs> my bad. Basically, Seamus makes some kind of self-deprecating joke, and then we all roll with it, and then Seamus acts like he's outraged. No, it hurts me. <laughs> it really. Yo, does. the story about right me there. watching Leprechaun is a true story. That's not true. I was on the couch watching Leprechaun two, uh -uh. and the, I think it was two. There's a guy who gets bitten by the Leprechaun, starts turning Irish. And so he goes to a restaurant and he's like, he orders French fries, waffle fries, mashed potatoes, tater tots. <laughs> he just like orders all a baked potato. And then literally as the scene is happening, Seamus walks in. He's like, hey, man, what's up? And I'm like watching the movie. He's like, oh, what are you watching? And he looks at the screen and it's a guy turning into an Irishman eating potatoes. <laughs> and he's like, what is this? That's actually, that's not what happened. Perfect. Tim was watching this movie. He says, Seamus, Seamus, get in here. Get in here. And I watched it. And I watched it. And he said, this is what you look like. And your people are a joke to me. I was like, what? I was like that, that's so harsh. You're and like, then, ah, ha, ha, and then everyone else. Everyone in the room laughed at me and yeah, pointed at me. Everyone else walked in the room as it was happening. And they all started busting out laughing. And, I said, and Seamus was like, leave me alone. Alone. I said I was born here. I was born here. <laughs> but like, everybody, Irishman, Irishman. <laughs> I was born in Chicago. But everybody loves potatoes. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. It's true. It's a hurtful stereotype. Yo, it is really hilarious. They made that movie where a guy gets bit by the leprechaun and turns it's, Irish. I know that's insane. <laughs> what? I'm, I love, I, I love think, the low budget movies like that. I think that's either okay to do with every group or no group. That's what I think. <laughs> I, Let's I, grab. Uh, I we'll grab one more super chat. Oh, just the Irish bill? Yes. <laughs> Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Shane, the return Polish the spoons to Tim or I'm unsuffering. <laughs> <laughs> I would return the spoons if I had them, but the truth is, I don't have them. I don't have Tim's spoons. All right, James Lynch says, 40 years tonight, bro. Congratulations, guys. Well, happy birthday. I th I'm assuming you're I saying it so, yeah. yeah. All right, everybody, happy it's birthday. time for the members only show. If you want to watch it, go to timcast.com. Click join us, become a member, and it will be live in just a few minutes on the front page. You will see it. Just refresh until it pops up. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Haley, you want to shout anything out? Uh, you can just follow me at on Twitter at, at Lady Kennington, and there's like a link tree there. You can follow all my other work there. Right on. Timothy Cast is a deceiver. My name is Seamus <laughs> Coglin. I am an innocent man. I run a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. We just uploaded a cartoon today that I think you guys are going to love, and we're going to be uploading one Thursday, which is going to be really spicy, which I think you guys are going to really enjoy. If you like me and what I have to say, subscribe to Freedom Tunes and become a member at freedomtunes.com. Get an extra cartoon each week, and you'll also be helping support me and what I do. Thank you very much, and have a lovely evening. I am Phil Labonte, lead singer for All That Remains. You can find me on Twitter at Phil That Remains, on Instagram at Phil That Remains Official. The band is All That Remains on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. I think I'm missing one. Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, Pandora. There you go. Yeah, Serge, how you doing? Uh, I'm right. I haven't used Pandora in forever. I kind of forgot Pandora. We do soon. really well on Pandora. I, oh. I was really surprised. I, I just I only use Pandora. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. 
Well, uh, I am Surge.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and I guess that new uh, Zuckerberg Twitter or whatever it's called, Threads, stuff like that. Yeah, look me up on SoundCloud. Look me up on Instagram. I will talk to you guys. I don't know. I, don't. I, I just think it's. I just think it's the. It's the. I don't use Twitter anymore because I don't like Elon Musk. Yeah, oh yeah, and Twitter. you know. So I want to say uh, we will see you all. Uh, did you sh- you shouted out your Twitter already, right? Yeah, at surge.com. Spill it out. We're, give me a second. Uh, we're gonna head over to timcast.com for the members only show, but I do want to give a shout out to Nate Silver, who's currently in forty seventh place in the World Series of Poker. Yo, legit. Uh, that's 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 pretty cool to see his name pop up. He's he was actually in thirty some odd place. There's still a long way to go as they eliminate players, but this is a 10,000 player pool down to 211 players. And yo, straight up, Nate Silver of 538 is currently in uh, 47th place. Good for so, Nate. Good for Nate. Good for Nate. It would be really cool if he ends up winning the $12 million prize just because I know who he is. But uh, may not agree on everything, but it is cool to see that, you know, he's doing so well. Anyway, we'll see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.